Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 84 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, and any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe to our show, share us around on social media, and if you have time, leave us a five-star review on the podcasting platform of your choice. Joining me today is my co-host, Steve Cook. Steve, how are you, my friend? Oh, doing wonderful and fantastic and tremendous good, sir. That is fantastic to hear. It's a... it's uh, Wednesday nights uh, heading into Thursday morning here. We are back with our regular Dynamite and NXT reviews. Plus, we're going to be previewing a big weekend of action, NWA Hard Times, WWE Worlds Collide, and the Royal Rumble, of course, Steve. How has your week yeah. been? How's my week been? Yes. Oh, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week, I will say that. there. I've, I've uh, done some things. I've... Uh, gotten through my work schedule for the most part this week and i'm ready to take a couple days off and relax and just kind of kick back and enjoy life and thank goodness that uh certain things involving my family turn out okay as far as medical situations go which i probably shouldn't get into here but uh everybody's okay we're all good there but larry zonka i i sit in just all of your i bask in your glory i think i could say can i say i bask in the glory of Larry Zonka. Well, I don't want to upset Keith Lee, but sure, you can say that. Because uh, there's probably going to be a lot of new listeners to these podcasts here because our good friend Larry Zonka is now a worldwide, internationally known celebrity, more so than he was before, uh, thanks to his placements on the Sports Illustrated uh, website. That's right. I got a uh, I got an offer to be interviewed for the Sports Illustrated website. Uh, Justin Barrasso uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter and email and... Uh, yeah, he was like, hey, he's like, uh, I want to interview you. He's like, been a fan of your work. I think you do a lot of good stuff and would like to talk to you to run in a column on Wednesday. I'm like, all right. I'm like, sure. I'm like, that sounds pretty fucking cool. I'm always down to talk about wrestling and kind of my journey into it and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it was not one of those things. Like, I, It wasn't like I was a kid and I sat there and I thought, when I grow up, I'm going to be a wrestling reviewer. You know, <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean that to sound like an asshole. It's just like wasn't exactly what I planned. It was, a. Uh, I went to school to be a music teacher. My wife and I were both education majors. We moved on to the South when she got a job. I taught for about a year and a half. And then we had our first daughter, Hannah. And um, just the fucking cost, man, of uh, fucking daycare was ridiculous. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to pay 75% of my yearly income to have somebody else raise my kid. So I ended up being a stay-at-home father. And I uh, was a stay-at-home father, worked at a Greek restaurant, was choir director at church, and I got into the 411 gig, which turned into a full-time thing, and that's how I got here. It's pretty crazy. It's a great story. Of course, you can check that out on, the, on that particular website. Not that we need to, They don't need our plug. I know that. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm featured in a, a big, uh, the big Wednesday wrap-up article. There's also a big yeah. Nick Aldis interview in there. Big Nick Aldis stuff there. So They go uh, through all of the stuff going on on the internet and online stuff. It's pretty good. Pretty good read. Pretty good yeah. read. Y'all can check that out. And uh, Larry has a great story that's worth telling there. And I'm just so proud of the guy. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's great stuff. I am honored to be uh, just a small part of this whole situation here. I just, you know, it's great stuff. Well, I thank you for that, my friend. And it, it like it, it was an honor. It was really cool to be 
interviewed like that on a major website to it's you know it might sound silly to some people but like uh obviously my job is very important to me i take it very seriously and for people to recognize that and want to actually talk with me about it uh was rather cool it was it was pretty good stuff and uh and you know you talk about how things kind of turn out differently from how you plan them when you're young um if you look back at the rc hinsdale uh elementary school yearbook it would have been uh gosh 1994 95 or so and when i was fifth grade you know now when you're like in fifth grade when you, they do the thing in the yearbook they ask you what do you want to be when you grow up right yep. as my voice completely leaves me and uh that might explain why it's not quite gone the way i hoped uh, i said that i wanted to be a wrestling announcer <laughs> well i mean you you got slightly close you're talking about <laughs> kind of close I'm talking about it on the internet. I <laughs> I write about it and I talk about it on the internet. I have obviously um, people say I have a voice for uh, I have a voice for newspaper, right? Pretty much, yeah. There you so go. <laughs> so pretty close there. So I've come pretty close to my hopes and dreams and whatnot. But uh, and of course, Sports Illustrated, you know, a magazine that just just goes back. Uh, so many of the great the greats of sports writing have written for it and of course the website has some good stuff as well and it's just uh, it's great to be connected with that yeah and like i said i, I was honestly uh i was pretty surprised by the offer obviously honored and i just uh i think it's cool that uh more people are gonna kind of kind of learn about my background a bit and stuff like that and you know it's a it, it's very cool because like i said i really i love what i do i take what i do very seriously and you know, Steve, we may not have the best radio voices because we will never be silky smooth like Dave Brown. No, we won't. God but, bless Dave Brown. Mm. But we, we try. So We try. We try. And uh, we, we give you the best coverage that we can, especially on nights like this, because I think uh, you and I are both on the bandwagon still that Wednesday night, by far the best wrestling night every single week. It really is. There have been some Tuesdays that have been really good lately, but Wednesday is the show stealer. And uh, not to go back to the interview too much, but I, I talked about that in my interview. It's just a, I talked about how much I look forward to like Wednesday nights because he was asking me about the workload and stuff. And I, you know, pretty much my Wednesdays I review AEW, I grab a drink, I hop right into NXT, uh, occasionally take a piss or grab another drink, and then I hop on with you or whoever's co-hosting with me, and I jump right into the podcast. And uh, I don't mind it at all. I, I love my Wednesdays because Wednesday we have as great you said, material to talk about. I- exactly, there's We're not so here much to talk about complete bullshit, you know. Exactly, and that's that's <laughs> the fun stuff. So, and uh, that's kind of that's gonna lead us into tonight's stuff, Steve. We're gonna start off AEW Dynamite Bash at the Beach live from Chris Jericho's Rock and Ranger Wrestling Cruise. Bash of the Beach Night 2. Uh, also, I call Bash of the Beach Night 2 uh, Cruise Control. There you go. I like that. Yeah, Cruise Control. Good stuff. That's right. So, I mean, but, uh, yeah, so we were on the boat, and uh, JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur were on commentary this evening. Uh, Jim Ross, by the way, for the first time in about 25 years or so, announcing without a cowboy hat. Yeah, but he was wearing his uh, U- University of Oklahoma Sooners Hawaiian print yeah. shirt. So you could still recognize him, that's for sure. And Tony Schiavone and Nick Scalp, of course, rocking Hawaiian shirts. Schiavone, of course, shades of his uh, brief stint TNA with the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah. See, he was just missing the Kiss shirt. 
He didn't have the Kiss shirt on underneath, but uh, I'm, and I'm sure you saw him on AEW Dark with uh, with Dasha in the yes. uh, beach attire as well. Yes, sir. By the way, speaking of AEW announcing, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but they have signed Taz to be an announcer now, which yes. uh, kind of makes sense coming out of things because uh, it looks like Dark is going to transition to network show. And yeah. uh, he was on Dark last night with Excalibur, and Taz was really good. And he'll probably be the regular guy on that show going forward. I would imagine so, so. They've been they have been good on the shows that they've been on. Although I have enjoyed the show, I have enjoyed the rotating color commentary Excalibur. But if you're going to go regular with it, uh, Taz is good choice as any, uh, except possibly Dave Brown. Yeah, I mean nobody has the voice Dave Brown has, so I mean you can't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean but Taz did really well, and I always enjoyed when like Chucky e. T would pop on because he was always. Really good during uh, like PWG commentary, and he he's obviously worked with uh, Excalibur a lot. So yeah, but uh, yeah, so AEW Dynamite, Steve. We start off. We're on the boat, opening up in the ring. Tag team titles on the line. SCU defending against Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Steve Cook when all was said and done, nineteen minutes and twenty seconds. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, which by the way, his uh, lower third read was hoping this would be a booze cruise this week. Darn right. <laughs> they won the tag team championships via pin with Hangman Page making the big comeback at the end with the Buckshot Lariats. New yeah. champion Steve Cook, 1920. What did you think of our opener this week? Well, I think he turned to Booze Cruise afterwards. I think it's what happened there. That was a pretty epic celebration, but this is a darn good uh, wrestling match. You noticed uh, with the whole setup, which is a great setup for a show on a boat, by the way. It, the the stage looked really good. The ramp was nice. The only the only kind of drawback I think for the wrestlers was there was no real room to do anything on the outside. Like there was barely any room for people to walk around, uh, like between the ring and between the guardrail. So you couldn't do as many dives as you usually could. But uh, I think the limitations kind of helped them. It kind of rained them in a little bit, and they did some great work. And uh, I am a big fan of the Omega Page dynamic where. They've kind of been. We thought the page would turn on Omega, but they're going to keep it. They're they're drawing it out, which they should, because I don't know if you noticed this, Larry, but uh, maybe Page wasn't quite over as as they thought he would be when he took on Chris Jericho back uh, for the title for championship. But he's getting pretty over over his bay face right now. I I agree with that. Uh, and to to your point about the setup, you know, all I hear every week is. Oh, all these fucking guys do is dives. Blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, maybe they do do a lot of dives, Steve. I'm not going to dispute that. But how yeah. many times have we talked about there's also a point to where you need to play to your audience? Yeah. And that audience is there to see that style of wrestling. They like their dives. But as yeah. you said, it rained everybody in a lot this evening. And I don't think it hurt to show one bit... Because yeah. I thought this was a great opener. I thought they did a good job of constantly uh, building drama up throughout the match, working into a hot closing stretch. I thought the tag work basically overall was great. thought all four guys worked really hard. SCU's kind of miracle run comes to an end because they weren't really supposed to be the champions, in air quotes, after Daniels was taken out. Uh, yeah. Page and Omega still quite aren't on the same page, so to speak. There was some miscommunication, but they overcame. And uh, this is also important because, you know, the tournaments aren't title changes. This is the first AEW title change ever. History, 
History has been made here on the Jerry Cruz, if you will. Yes, and I, I am I am in the same, uh, for lack of a better term, boat as you. I love that they haven't turned page yet. The post-match was cool because the Elite came out to have a big celebration, but yeah. Adam Page powdered and hit it up with the fans and drank some he beer. and was drank some beer and did some crowd surfing. It was awesome. That's right. So, I mean, I, I thought that played really well. I love how they're continuing that dynamic, and we'll talk about that more because there was an interview later involving these gentlemen as well. Yes, but, uh, yeah, darn darn good match here. On a night that was full of some good tag team wrestling, I thought the, I thought this one might have been the best one myself. Yeah, and there was uh, on both shows a lot of good tag team wrestling. NXT yeah. had some good tag matches too. So that's that's right. that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty good compliment right there. Damn right. Uh, so next up, women's action. Dr. Britt Baker uh, defeated Priscilla Kelly. Six minutes via submission with the lockjaw. I thought they had a nice, solid little match. Although I think they really should have done a better job of showcasing Britt Baker in her new heel role during the match. But I didn't think anything was wrong with it. I thought it was perfectly solid for six minutes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, as far as, yeah, as, far as being... I mean, Britt Baker's heel turn was not really obvious until after the match and maybe at the end of the match. Because other than that, you couldn't tell she turned heel. Exactly. It was, it was a, kind of a basic match. And unfortunately, uh, while I was channel surfing between this and NXT, at the same time you had uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai. So yeah. let's let's be honest. This did not compare. You know, with all due respect to Britt Baker and Priscilla Kelly, I mean, they're, they're, fine, they're fine wrestlers, but... Uh, they're not on the same level as Tony Storm and Shirai. They're just not. And we've talked about it, and Jeremy and I talked about it a lot. The, the NXT women's division, the WWE women's division, honestly, when you look at it overall between the Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK, women's division is ridiculously loaded, and there is more talent there than ever before. And that is not even including people that are out injured, like Rachel Ellering, Karen Mee right. still out of action. I mean, there was just so much damn talent all throughout that women's roster. So, yeah, it's well, like, it's not an insult to Britt Baker and Priscilla no, Kelly. I mean, Io Shirai is, I mean, in my opinion, still one of the best women's workers in the world. Tony's yeah. really good. I mean, you're just, you're not stacking up with that. And you're talking about two of the best, two of the best there that also get to uh, pre-plan their match in the Performance Center all week. Yeah. And I don't compare to Britt Baker and Priscilla Kelly, who are on a boat. It's yeah. a whole different situation. It's just it's really not a fair comparison when you really break it down. Yeah, and I also don't want to harp on the pre-planning thing as a negative because Jesus Christ, Savage and Steamboat is one of the most revered matches in WrestleMania uh-huh. history, and that was fucking written out on like eighty-seven pages of legal paper and rehearsed in a backyard. Yeah, and uh, you know, and Savage and Diamond Dallas Page were known for that as well. I mean, some guys are just known for doing that, and God bless them for it. It's just kind of fair to point out. It is. I mean, especially it's a fair you know, point, when you but... compare the the Performance Center versus you know, boat. Yeah, but I, I just don't want to <laughs> knock it as a total negative because you still have to deliver. I don't care how much you pre-plan something. <laughs> That's true. You can still screw it up live. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, trust and we me. We see them do that too. Yeah. Trust me, I've been in the situation and had to try to pre-plan stuff. <laughs> you probably rehearsed some matches, right? Yeah, a lot of forgetfulness. Yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> honestly, I think the best stuff I ever did was when there was almost no planning outside of "this is your time, this is your finish, do it," <laughs> you know, and just listen to the smarter person in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but I mean, as far as this match goes, 
it was okay. Yeah, it was. It solid. was fine yeah. for what it was. I mean, when you compare it to the other match, it wasn't so good. But I mean, yeah, for the purposes of, they did put Bray, they put Baker over, and she did uh, use the ropes there. So you know, I mean, kind of put her over his heel. And then after the match, we had more of uh, more of that whole situation. Yeah, Tony Schiavone arrived to give to do an interview with Britt Baker, and uh, she mocked Tony for previously working at Starbucks and called him a shitty barista, but said that they were proud that he made it here, and then explained that everybody looks up to her because it's rough being a role model. She has a full time job. She's the hottest woman on the boat. She's smart, educated, brilliant, and I don't know if you knew this, Tony. I'm a dentist, which Whoa. I laughed at. I did laugh Whoa. at that. Because yeah. that's funny, and that's playing into the fact that they play that up and everybody mocks it. But the thing is, I'll give her this. Britt Baker tried. The idea of the promo wasn't bad. The content wasn't bad. The delivery just wasn't there. It felt really rushed to me, too, I think, Steve. Yeah, I, I mean, you could say the same thing about Britt's matches a lot of time, too. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of rushes, rushes through things. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we could ask Adam Cole about that too. Oh, whoa! Oh, Did hey I just now. say that? Oh, wow! Hey, whoa! Poor Adam Cole had to miss out and be on this cruise too. Oh boy! Oh, he had to work. Leaving Brill in that boat with, boat with all those Jericoholics. Oh gosh, that's risky. Well, risky sure, business. I'm sure Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly are having a great time. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not. Nice. It is nice them to uh, take Priscilla on the trip there with them. That's right. So next up, we had a trios action, Steve. The Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express. And this one, this was great before it even started because the entire boat was singing Judas (laughs) as Jericho entered. And I'm not talking like mumbling. They were singing fucking Judas for Jericho. Oh, yeah. It was pretty great. Yes, it was. Even with the poor acoustics of it being an outdoor venue. (laughs) It was still pretty freaking awesome. And even if, and you know, we talk about sometimes where people cheer heels, but it's it's Chris Jericho. Come on. Well, again, I've talked about this, yeah. and, and people get upset when I make the comparison, but Jericho is in that spot in his career where he's like late era Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to boo Ric yeah. Flair in WCW late in those days. They but w- they do end up booing him during the match. Though. Yeah. But then yeah. that's the thing with Jericho. When he gets in there, though, he turns the crowd against him. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, man, this was his cruise. They were here because of him. Damn right. And, you know, I mean, hey, I thought it was cool. It came off really well. So we had our tag match. The Inner Circle ended up defeating Jurassic Express. It broke down at the end. Jake Hagar uh, tried to get involved with uh, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus <laughs> tagged out and chased him up the ramp as they brawled. That left Marco stunt to fight for his life. He, had, <laughs> hey, and you know what? Little Marco picked up some good near falls on Jericho. Yes, Jericho did. sold his ass off for him, and then he ended Marco's young life with the Judas effect at fourteen twenty via pin. <laughs> uh, I thought the match was really good. I thought it was a lot of fun. Jungle Boy, I thought, was a great babyface through the early part of this match. I thought Luchasaurus got some nice time to shine. They're continuing to build to a match versus him and Hagar. And um, Jericho sold well for Marco's stunt down the stretch. I thought everybody got some shine. But the also, the, the also like kind of important takeaway for me was Jericho won the match, but he still didn't pin the Jungle Boy. Which you know, keeps that I mean, you know, they're smart enough not to do that too. And you know, you know, Jericho also made sure, like, okay, let's 
Let's not have me. Let's not have me pin Jungle Boy. Well, exactly, because the whole thing lately is every time he talks about Jungle Boy, he says, "Yeah, back when I beat Jungle Boy," and then whoever's yeah. interviewing him says, well, "Well, you didn't beat him. You guys you didn't won beat 10 him. Minutes. No. Yeah, I did. Yeah, sure, I did." That's so, but right. he, he's yeah. like the he's the delusional <laughs> heel. So it's like it's good because you're still playing up that that's still alive. He hasn't finished the young man yet. He made sure to pin young Marco's stunt, which <laughs> which is perfectly fine in yeah. this match. It is. You I don't mean, want to pin the Luchasaurus because you're trying to keep him strong to face Hager. Yeah. And then you don't want to ruin the Jungle Boy thing already. Marco yeah. got a good little run at the end with the 450 in the cradles until he got his head knocked off. So it's he not did. like he totally got jobbed out either. So I think it it accomplished a lot of goals, and I thought it was good and fun. Did anybody whine and bitch and moan about Jericho putting over Marco's stunts offense? Oh, I'm sure somebody did somewhere. Yeah, yeah probably somebody did, yeah. I thought they did a good job with him early on in the match where, you know, they would have uh, Jungle Boy help him out with doing some offense on the the uh, Santana Ortiz guys. That's pretty good. And that's the thing, too. If you look at Marco's yeah. stunts AEW booking. It's not like he's just blowing people over. He's getting help from Luchasaurus and from Jungle Boy. Yeah, he's not going <laughs> one-on-one with Santana and dominating yeah. the bigger guy. 90% yeah. of his offense is either him helping with double teams or being thrown around in a double team move. Yeah. And when he's not selling, which is like the other 10%, he's getting that little desperation run of stuff at the end like we talked about. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, the Marcus stunt stuff does not bother me because from what I've seen from the matches, it seems like they use them smart. Where they have, you know, Jungle Boy help him out or they have Luchasaurus help him out. And uh, the rest of the time he's getting the shit beat out of him. And that's his role. And occasionally he gets something. So, God bless him. Yeah. No, I, I don't hate it. And the other thing, too, is you notice when he gets his shit in down to stretch like that, the crowd gets into it. Yeah, because he's, like, he's finally, small and sympathetic. Like, finally, this kid's going to get some offense in. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, wrong, it's like young Ricky Morton back in the day, right? Yeah. Steve, I know you posted about her the other day, by the way, as I sidetrack our conversation. But uh, yeah. the Scorpion King's on my TV in the background, and uh, your yes. girl Kelly Who is on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was with my mom in the hospital, and we were watching some Nash Bridges the other day, and I was pretty excited because in the middle of the Kelly Hugh era. Yeah. By the way, I, I shared that picture with her. She still looks good too. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, and like people are gonna probably might take this the wrong way, but I she has the Asian genes, man. I was, Asian women age beautifully. It's a it's it's kind of weird though because they age beautifully for a long time. Then they once they hit like ninety or so, you know, they, they fall apart. You know. Yeah, but that's like ninety though. <laughs> it's like ninety. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, I sidetracked us. We got a Cody versus Good MJF stuff. video package, leading to MJF versus Joseph Janela. Yes. And uh, Joseph Janela had a hundred and thirty dollar hair braid, which <laughs> I the reason I bring that up is because I was on a podcast with Alvarez and uh, Meltzer. They were talking about all all the workers on the beach in the Bahamas when they got off the boat and like everybody's a worker and trying to sell you something. And Alvarez, apparently Brian Alvarez gets off the boat and some woman was offering hair braids, $4, five minutes. Oh boy. So Alvarez sits down and of course it takes way longer than five minutes. And at the end of the day, he gets charged $130. So, ah. he, so he said when he saw Janela come oh, out, he was like, I know how much you spent fucker. Yeah. <laughs> 
So they it was, went to the same barber, is what you're saying. Yeah. So it was actually really entertaining <laughs> listening about all, all the workers on the shore trying to fleece people from their cash. Oh god. But uh, MJF defeated Joey Janela eight minutes via pin. Um, obviously, I think we both will both agree, Steve. MJF should win because he's about to face Cody. Yes, MJF I, should win. I thought yes. he showed a really good ruthless streak here. And while the match finish wasn't my favorite, it was very flat because Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford came out to distract Joey Janela, which led to MJF winning with the double cross, which is his version of Crossroads. Yeah. Uh, finish was flat. Match was like solid to pretty good. It was what it was. Not a fan of that kind of finish, which I'll talk about on NXT. But yeah, M- we saw a couple of those yeah. on show. But MJF won, which was obviously the important thing. Yeah, you're 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 heading MJF go over here, and I gotta tell you, I'm not I'm I'm not left flat by Penelope Ford appearance. I'm not gonna lie. Well, there you go. I, That's I okay with me. That's okay with me. That's some pretty good stuff, I thought. But uh, it may just my opinion on that. But uh, you know, it's a it's a decent little match. And of course, the money here was with the promo. Of course, MJF talking some smack as he tends to do from time to time. Yeah, we had a post-match promo, MJF running down Cody and the fans. Said Cody was right last week that he's going to be a chapter in his book. He said, I'm going to be the last goddamn chapter. That's right. And that led to Cody arriving. MJF yes. said, uh, you're here. The because- salmon-colored suit. Yes, he said, you're here because Wardlow isn't here, but you have to remember you can't touch me due to per the match stipulation. MJF says, no matter what he does, Cody can't retaliate. He kept getting really close to him. He mocked his lisp. He mocked the lisp. Oh, that was heat. And then since Cody was his quote-unquote mentor, he'd give him the room and he dropped the mic. Cody went to pick it up. He kicked it away from him. He kicked it. Oh, motherfucker. Dares Cody to hit him. (laughs) And then he powders the asshole chance. Cody said, you know what, MJF? He said, you're right. I can't touch you. Which led to the Young Bucks sneaking up behind young MJF. He got yes. double super kicked, and then he got dragged over to the pool, and we got a nice uh, uh, Monday Nitro uh, spring break moment as MJF was dumped in the pool. That's so, the number one rule in professional wrestling. If there is a pool around, something must be tossed into the pool. That's right. It has to happen. It has to happen. So uh, I thought MJF was re- obviously really good. good here. He was a great asshole. He got a little bit of comeuppance, but again, the important thing, like as we talked about with the Co- uh, Jericho and Jungle Boy stuff, he of course didn't get to comeuppance from Cody yet because that is still later on. As pending, it's a revolution. That's right. And we still have to wait for the 10 lashes and we still have to wait for the Wardlow cage, cage match. There's a lot, a lot of stuff still come, come here. That's right. So uh, next up, Tony Schiavone interviewed our new tag team champions, Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Kenny said uh, they did something special tonight, and if you would have asked him a year ago, he probably wouldn't have saw it coming and probably wouldn't have saw it coming with Page. Page said, he, I whooped their asses like I said. And then right. Tony, uh, in a destruction crew moment, cuts him off and asks Kenny about <laughs> Pac. Let let me handle this, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Kenny says they're going to have their third match soon, but the tag titles are the top priority. The Bucks arrived to congratulate them, and Paige said, hey, we won these titles before you guys, and drank some more. So more drama within the elite, Steven. It's small things like Adam Page being cut off, Kenny Omega still focusing on Pac, and Paige bowing up and talking shit to the Bucks about winning the titles before them which I thought were all super small things, but all really well done things. Yeah, it's going to add up to something down the line, too, I think, with uh, with all four of these guys. There's going to be something going down 
pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. And uh, like I said earlier, the Hangman page, getting over here, man. Right. People are digging it. Digging the uh, Jade Millennial Cowboy. Announced for next week, Steve, we have Jericho Santana and Ortiz facing off with Darby Allen and Private Party. That's a that's a that's crew. A, that's an interesting threesome right there. Yeah. That's straight out of uh, wrestling, wrestle and romance, isn't it? Yeah, like an EWR <laughs> tag team, man. Yes, sir. So, and uh, then we're also going to have Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. And we will and also. And the Bunny. Let's not forget the Bunny. And the Bunny will be there. And then uh, Cody the versus Kip Sabian, which uh, I think yeah. will probably be really good because if you look back, Cody versus Darby, Cody versus um, yeah. Sammy Guevara, all really good to great stuff he did yeah. with them. He seems to really like working with the young guys. And the theme in those matches, too, are the young, guy, the young guys kind of really take Cody to a limit before <laughs> he wins. So they end yeah. up being really good matches. So I'm looking forward to that. And Kip has been impressive. And, and when we see him wrestle, he's been very impressive. Yeah. I mean, even if it, even if the booking's been a little bit questionable from time to time, good good worker there. Yeah. So I think that will be a good match. Possibly Definitely. a shit stealer there. So uh, Le Champion Chris Jericho arrived to join commentary to scout his possible next number one contender. Which I guess le- Tony was off away with uh, the Bucks and Paige and Omega or something. If he was smart, he was hanging out with Dasha. Well, that too. He might have been drinking with that in beige. We don't know. Yeah. So, uh, number one contenders match closed out our show, Steve Cook. One-eyed John Moxley defeated Pac. 17-20 via pin, Steve. What did you think of our main event tonight? Uh, Man, these two guys are going at it as they typically do. They had a previous match on Dynamite that went to a uh, time limit draw. They ran out of TV time. She knew it was important that uh, they had done just in the nick of time. And they got done just in the nick of time. And uh, Pac was working over that eye, which is a big story in the match. Moxley has that bad eye. Jericho kept hyping down commentary. It's tough to be a one-eyed man in an ass-whooping contest. Moxley is just a crazy SAB that gets the job done. Um, he even, and there was even, even a spot where they Pac did the superplex. And uh, there's also a spot where Moxley Moxley's tr- kept trying to do stuff off top rope, which I wasn't sure he's going. I don't know why he's trying to do stuff off the top rope. Not really in character for him. Kind of crazy. And he his elbow at some points and Pack applied the brutalizer. You thought that might be it, but no, not quite, not quite. Because at the end of the day, the guy you want to see facing Jericho next pay per view is John Moxley, and he did in fact hit that double arm DDT. That paradigm shift, that death rider, call it what you will, it worked. And we get Jericho and Moxley next show, which is the money match people want to see right now. It is. you know, I mean, Moxley obviously is the right winner. I think he had to win here. I think we all thought he would win. And But the thing is, they still had a really good match. They put a little doubt in it. Uh, Pac was being the great bastard that he is, attacking the eye injury which obviously made the most sense coming out of last week. Um, I thought Moxley sold it well. I, I love the gimmicked blood on the bandage. Um, just a lot of little things that I thought helped. I thought it was really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot. I wouldn't call it great because it didn't quite feel like a great match to me, if you know it what I mean. It didn't quite reach that Wrestle Kingdom level, no. It did yeah. not. Well, I'm not even talking Wrestle Kingdom. Or even the Dominion level. We we don't want to get people started on that, the the New Japan bias. 
Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I thought it was a really good match. I thought they worked well together. And they, the thing is, too, is like you mentioned the time limit draw, and they have the other history they have, too, is when they were forced to tag together. Moxley's oh, yeah. only loss is when he turned on Pac during their <laughs> That's match. Right. Yeah. And, and, and just took the loss and was like, fuck it. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, they had some good history there to play off. I thought they did a really good job of playing up the injury from last week. I thought commentary was really good bringing up the eye injury. And you mentioned the top rope elbow drop when he missed that. They brought up the fact Excalibur right away brought up that that was the fact that Moxley had the infection and surgery on. So I think commentary also, I mean, we've ragged on AEW commentary from time to time, Jim Ross issues and such, but uh, I thought they did a really good job uh, adding to the story here. They did. They did. And they, and like I said, the time limit, too. They they brought pretty close to that time limit where you thought, are they going to go to a draw? They just might. They yeah. just might. They're kind they're getting close. They were getting close. So damn good piece of business. And uh, Pack the bastard, you know he's going to have his day here at some point. Definitely. That poor guy. Yeah, but yeah, Mox and Jericho is, I mean, that's, that's the money right now, obviously. That's what so. you got to have at Revolution, the next pay-per-view here. That's a match people want to see right now. And, uh, you know, I mean, and Moxley's been on fire since he left WWE. And, of course, Jericho's been on another level as Les Champion. So it's another instance where back at full gear, we, when you talk about how hot Jericho and Cody was, it's the same kind of deal here. Now, I'm wondering, I'm going to throw this uh, scenario out to you, Steve. Yeah. Revolution coming up. We're obviously going to have Cody and MJF. We're going to have Moxley and Jericho. If I'm kind of throwing on the fantasy Booker hat, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we might have Kenny Omega versus Pac. And Kenny Omega, that show. Kenny Omega, yeah, and Kenny Omega wins, but he also said the tag championships are important to him. Maybe that's where they do Paige and Kenny versus the Bucks. Mm. They do it after Kenny's match with Pac. Kenny takes the loss in the match. And maybe that leads to the Adam Page heel turn because Kenny made his match more important than the tag titles. Because Kenny wanted to work two matches in the same night. Kenny wanted to be the hero. Yeah. Is what you're kind of thinking there. I mean, I'm not I saying I'm not saying they're going to do it. it. I'm just saying I think that's a possibility with the story it, they're telling. It could make sense. So. Although I, I would prefer to keep it playing out. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with that either. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on, definitely. And speaking, since we're on the Jericho cruise and everything, I, I want to bring something up, uh, kind of a discussion point. Years ago, when Jericho first wanted to do this and had the idea for this, he took the idea to WWE and wanted NXT to be part of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And WWE turned him down for whatever reason. So then he went to ROH, and ROH was part of the initial Jericho cruise. Yes. And they did that stuff last year. They did the Sea of Honor tournament and stuff. There was some good business stuff in there. They were part uh, of that, and they were part of the all-in show. Well, yeah. They were part of a lot of stuff. And, like that. And, and unfortunately, some of those matches will never see the day of light because, like, LAX was there working matches, and they were under impact contracts, so... Apparently, those matches are kind of locked away forever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see them one day if AEW throws stuff up on, like, BR Live or something. But anyway, here's the thing. Now, obviously, this may be a chicken and egg thing, but we talk about how AEW came into existence, and a lot of that was pushback against WWE. Fans wanted stuff that was different. They sold out All In. They sold out a bunch of other shows with no TV. 
They get the TV deal. Are we looking at AEW as a thing if WWE lets NXT be part of that first cruise? Because mm. the reason I bring yeah. that up is yeah. Jericho obviously worked New Japan, moved business, made a lot of money there, did the Jericho cruise, made money, made new friends with the Bucks and all those guys. Yeah. And then found he had worth outside of WWE. And he was always a guy that said, I'll, I'll never work in the United States against Vince McMahon and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm going to be WWE for life. And yeah. then he did the Japan stuff and then he appeared it all in, which he said he would never do. And so it's like, are we looking at AEW as a thing? Because obviously Jericho was a big part of them getting the TV deal. Yep. Because he was their big name star. He was their guy. He's the guy. And I mean, if NXT is part of the Jericho cruise, that means ROH and the Bucks and all those guys aren't there. there. They're not, they don't become friends with Jericho. I think you can make an argument that we're not looking at an AEW if WWE accepts that invitation. We're not looking at AEW, and we're not looking at NXT on USA either. I think none of that's fair stuff point too. Exactly, none of that happens if uh, if if uh, Triple H doesn't put the whole kibosh. And it was probably Triple H put the kibosh on, right? It probably was. Let's be honest. I mean, it, I, I don't know who did. Think Triple H and Jericho. You know, we we've had, heard a lot of speculation about that particular relationship, and uh, I think there's been enough speculation to say that they never. We're really best friends. New. No. So, but I mean, I think, I think, yeah, and obviously the NXT thing too. I mean, I think you bring up a fair point and it's, I just, I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I remember Jericho and them all talking about how they really became friends when they were going to be on the Jericho cruise. And then they started talking about stuff and yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff happened on that first Jericho cruise, man. You wonder if, uh, yeah, if they don't get together and uh, you also wonder I mean, Tony Khan was probably going to get involved in wrestling somehow. But who who would he have got involved with is a question. Yeah. So I he mean, have, may, may he might have hooked up with Billy Corgan. Hmm? Yeah, or shit. Maybe. I mean, may, maybe he maybe he made would make an could have made an offer to Sinclair for ROH. Who knows? Yeah. Because obviously you would have had the Bucks and all those guys there in the existing relationship with New Japan and CMLL which yeah. are all very There's attractive yeah. on the surface. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of things could be very different without that. And I just, I just think it's interesting to talk about. I mean, you can't say for sure one way or the other, but I think you could make the argument that we're not looking at AEW as a thing and this whole Wednesday Night War without the uh, NXT refusal of the Jericho Cruise. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, they refused it and then, then they got the deal and, then, of course, NXT pops up on Wednesday nights opposite them, which I'm sure had nothing to do with. Steve, uh, you know. it was always the plan. It that's was right. Always shit, the pal. plan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So <laughs> Always the plan. Uh, okay. So, sure. so, so speaking of NXT, we will head over to our NXT review for January 22nd, 2020. Started yeah. off with Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic semifinal action. The grizzled young vets from NXT UK defeating NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era, Steve Cook, 13 minutes via pin. When Imperium arrived, their music hit, and Undisputed Era got distracted by, like, a bunch of geeks. Fucking distraction finish. And ate a ticket to Mayhem, and that was all. I I hated, hated, hated that. 
hated them. Well, it's the thing is like the, the match was a good opener, but it didn't click into that high undisputed era level tag matches that we've become really used to. The finish, I will say this does play into the build for Saturday's tag match. Yeah, okay. But yeah, sure. yeah. it came off flat and cliche like a raw finish, which NXT traditionally avoids. It was a total WWE Raw slash SmackDown slash slash whatever distraction finish. Oh, we got to play the music. We got these guys appear over here. Oh, shit. They're distracted now. So here and then these guys get the win. It, yeah, I hate it. Yeah. It was a decent matchup until that point, but it, it, it sucked. I'm sorry. Fair enough. Got a video. I did not care for it, good sir. Good deal. Got a video. And also, you have two heel tag teams going at it, too. Yeah. Also an issue. Well, the thing is, that can work with Undisputed Era because they tend to get cheered anyway. But, I mean, I get your point. Which I also hate because you have the yeah the, the top heel faction where they come out and the fans sing along with their entrance every week. I'm not a fan of that. All right. I don't know. I yeah. I know it's just, I know I'm shooting on full sale now, but eh. <laughs> not a fan. All right. So we, I I did not like any of this. I'm sorry. Fair enough. We got a video. I, I do like Tony Storm and Io Shirai, so okay. we're, we're gonna well, get better here. Yeah. Kinda. Kinda. Yeah. yeah, kind of. Anyway, we got yeah. a video package to hype Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley at Worlds Collide. Got a Shotzi Blackheart promo talking about her match with Shayna Baszler tonight. And then, yeah. Steve Cook, we came to your Tony Storm versus Io Shirai match. Yeah. Two very talented women here. Looking forward very to this. Match. I was when I heard it was announced. Tony Storm defeated Io Shirai at 11 minutes via disqualification yeah. because yeah. Bianca Belair ran yeah. in and attacked. Second straight uh, Raw slash Smackdown finish. Yeah, so it's like basically my takeaway. And then we had a big post-match brawl with Rhea Ripley and Bianca and those two involved. Tony yeah. posed with the NXT Championship. Did not was, get a favorite. Which was reaction. okay. You know, yeah. it was fine. The match I thought was good. I thought there was a lot of good work. I like both. They did a great job. And while I get, I get why they did the finish because they want heat on Bel Air going into the match with Rhea. And they didn't want to have Io lose. But again, it just it came off flat following the sketchy finish of the opener. If you had to do both finishes on the show, which I don't think you should, because at by, least spread out. Yeah, a it's like bit. by themselves they aren't a horrible idea, but you need to separate them because. May shoehorn the next match on the card in between them. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I was not a fan of that. It just it, it annoyed me. No, I yeah, I was not a fan of the, the that finish either. So it kind of. Got off to a bad start with me, although I did, I did enjoy this match. I thought they had good chemistry together, and I, I know why they want Bianca Belair to be a thing, because Bianca is pretty much at this point the only person in the show that wasn't made a star in the Indies, right? Yeah, she's one of the rare homegrown. Talents. She's the only, pretty much the only person that's like a homegrown talent here. So I understand why you want to put her over and push her and whatnot, but uh, yeah, just. Eh. It didn't really do anything for me. So, Undisputed Era were pissed off backstage about their loss. Adam Cole tried, they to, have been. Yep, tried to rally the <laughs> troops for Roddy's title match later in the night. We got an Ilya Dragunov video package hyping up Saturday's match against Finn Balor, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going to ask you real quick about this because I'm not very familiar with Mr. Dragunov. Uh, sh- should I consider him on the same level as Finn Balor? As far as like in-ring talent? 
as far as in-ring talent, as far as push, as far as anything? Not as far as push. He's a guy that they're kind of going to begin pushing in NXT UK. He had a great match with Cesaro at the uh, August takeover. Uh, he's really good. Okay. I, I think if I'm just if you're just going to com- comparatively at this stage of Finn's career, I think Ilya is a better worker. But I mean, I'm not saying Finn's bad by any means these days, but it's just I think he's better right now. Um, they're probably going to have a really great fucking match. Okay. Which we will talk about later. Yeah. Um, that led to Finn Balor versus uh, Joaquin Wilde, the former DJZ. Uh, Finn Balor killed this young lad. He did. He talked some that shit. That poor bastard is stomping on the man's colon. It wasn't good. Yeah, he, he talked some shit. He had John Woo, Cooped Grace, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Bloody Sunday killed a man in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Loved guy. It. I mean, he's getting paid. I mean, I guess Mr. Wild's getting paid, right? Oh, yeah. Does he have... I mean, they combine the names as Joaquin Phoenix and Oscar Wilde, right? I don't know. How about that? Interesting name. So, uh, I just figured out that he was Zima Ion and Shima Zion. You yeah. Know? You have a hard enough time keeping that straight. There you go. But, yeah, Finn Balor killed this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Which was... It was fine. I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed watching I think, Finn Balor I think kill a guy. I think That's following good. the Ilya video package, I thought this was a great call. You have Finn going there and fucking wreck somebody before a big match Saturday. Yeah, about time Finn beat somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I I don't need him. to see him in a 50-50 match for eight minutes. I mean, I love Joaquin Wilde, wow. but I mean, you know, it's just you look at where they are right now. Finn's the star. He has a big match coming up. You kill a guy. Yeah. So, uh, Shayna cut a promo, said Shotzi Blackheart ended her own career before it began last week. She doesn't plan to go anywhere, and Rhea Ripley is going to eventually fall to her. She's Shayna three-time, is what she said. That's right. We've got a DIY video package hyping up Saturday's match with Mustache Mountain. Yeah. Which led to Shayna Baszler defeating Shotzi Blackheart. 620 via submission. Steve, your thoughts? I am a big Shotzi Blackheart fan. I think we, we've covered this before. When back when we did the Evolve show, remember yeah. the one Evolve today on Network? I was a big Shotzi Blackheart fan there, and I thought she did a pretty great job here. She got some, she even got some offense here. She did a thing on the apron; it's pretty pretty crazy. She got some stuff going. It looked like she's about to get the win, but no, not quite. She got Baszler got her finish in, and Shotzi tapped out, and Shane was like, "No, I'm gonna keep choking you out, bitch." And uh, I enjoyed it. It was a pretty another. Darn good women's match on this show. And this one had a good finish. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I do love Shotzi, but you got Pacino over. Especially if, I, I still think, even if she says that, oh, I'm going after Rhea Ripley, I think Shane's going to move on something else. I'm sorry. I, I think that's what's going to happen there. I think that's certainly definite. Uh, I mean, a possibility. So, uh, I thought it was really, really solid. I like that Shotzi got a lot of shine here before she failed. Um, she has a ton of potential because she has an interesting look. She has a lot of charisma. There's a lot of roughness to her game right now, but that'll get worked out. But I think she has a lot of potential going forward. And again, it's, a, it, it's just it's going to be hard to guess, though, when she'll get a shot because, again... It's the, a deep division. The NXT women's division <laughs> a lot is of people there. Yeah. fucking insanely stacked, which leads us to... A really good video package setting up Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox's former friendship and feud. Oh, yeah. I remember them. Yeah. yeah they're still here. And uh, they're going to face next week, Steve. So, I mean, that's... Uh, oh, that'd be a big match. So, and again, just, again, that fucking women's division. I mean, 
I keep, you know, Steve and I keep saying it and Jeremy and I said it. I mean, it is ridiculously stacked because we ran through a bunch of names early on and then you didn't even get to this. And then you look like Mia Yim wasn't even on the show. And then you have like all these other people that are just waiting for a chance and so you have some injured people and it's just it is insane how many people we're gonna, they have. and we're gonna talk about it later on when you talk about the royal rumble where they have four women announced for match yeah the like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> the uh the dusty classic continued with the broser weights defeating imperium 1445 before we hold on before we get to that real quick okay Dude, i want to i want to interject here because because we had the angel garza promo before that oh, okay uh, he was talking about how he's going to retain title, Red Worlds Collide, and all that. I still, I don't watch 205 Live. You don't need to. It sucks anymore. Yeah, I know. But uh, the thing is, I don't really get Angel Garza's character. What exactly is, what's he doing? What's his motivation? I'm really not sure because when I've seen him, he was supposed to be this playboy and whatnot, and he's proposing to his, his uh, fiance. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on there, to be honest with you. I don't think so you they explain know. explain me real quick. I don't think like, they, they don't know because they, they still portray him as kind of like a cocky heel. And yet they did like the proposal thing and aired it on TV, which baby faced him. Yeah. And then he's just kind of back to being like a douchey heel. So I don't okay. think that they know. All right. That, that, that's all I was curious about. So, so anyway. Because he was acting like a douche here and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> So I don't watch 205. Maybe there's something. I don't, I don't know. No, there's nothing. The only there's thing that's nothing. happening on 205 Live is it's a fucking rib on me at this point because all I get is the Sings and Davari every fucking week. Well, I'm glad I'm not watching that. So, All right, so back to Dusty Classic Tag Team Tournament semifinal match. Yeah, let's get back to the Broserweights. Yes, the Broserweights defeated Imperium yes. 1445 via pin. Very good tag team match. I thought everybody delivered. Uh, the Broserweights, again, continuing to show great teamwork. Um, I, I yeah. try, I'm trying not to be surprised because both guys are really good. But, I mean, not not a lot of times you see two singles guys just gel this quickly. Um, yeah. I think you go back to, like, it was last year, like, Ricochet and Aleister Black, like, were, like, fucking amazing all of a sudden. But, like, yeah, these guys have developed into a really great tag team that I enjoy. I thought they had a really good match. Closing stretch was really good, and thankfully no fuckery. I was, you know, that's the thing. I was waiting for some fuckery. I was waiting for the Undisputed Era to come in and interfere. And they didn't. I was happy. <laughs> I was happy that they, uh, Riddle and Dunn got to get over and get the pin and move on to the finals of Dusty Classic, which I figure they'll probably win, which is a good piece of business. So I was happy with all that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Not quite as I would not put this match quite on level as the AEW tag match, but it's it's pretty darn good. Yeah, uh, the grizzled young veterans arrived. They ran down the broserweights as Joe. They sure like to let those guys talk, don't they? Yeah, well, that's what Zach Gibson does, dude. That's that's the thing. He talks. <laughs> he talks a lot. Yeah. You watch it. I mean, does he, I sure he does on the UK show too, right? Oh yeah, a lot of talking. So he he talked a bunch of shit and. R- Riddle at one point interrupts and he's uh yeah he's like he's like I I, I listened to Gibson I listened to you talking and you said something about manipulating a joint yeah there you go <laughs> and then Dunn says that they always lose <laughs> to him good. and it's gonna happen again next week and we are getting that was the good and while you're week. up in the clouds I was I was uh, listening to him and he's talking about how every time that they've faced me I've won <laughs> that is good. 
So yeah, um, so yeah, fine, fine little promo to set up the finals next week. Which uh, again, next week we're getting Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai and the finals yeah. of the Dusty Classic, which are the two confirmed matches at this time. And that led to our main event of this evening, Steve Cook for the North yes. American Championship. Keith Lee defeated yeah. Roderick Strong in 20 minutes and 25 seconds via pin. You give those guys 20 minutes, that's going to be good, right? Uh, yeah. Is there any doubt with these two guys? Keith Lee's pretty awesome. Roderick Strong's pretty awesome. So, yeah, this is a darn good main event. Darn good stuff. Man. Yeah. Right finish as well. You got to put Keith Lee over, right? You got it. I, I loved Keith getting his big win here. Uh, I'm a big fan of the guy. They had a really good match. Um, maybe a smidge overbooked for my liking down the stretch, but it, it, it did at least play into Keith Lee overcoming the odds, which was the story-long match. Yep. So I will give it that. Uh, yeah, big moment for Keith Lee, man. Very happy for that dude. And then post-match, Undisputed Era was upset by everything, but uh, shit got worse. You know why? Because Imperium because... arrived. Yes, they brawled, and then Walter oh fucking took Adam Cole's soul with a chop. Adam Cole died. He died. He oh, chopped him so hard, Adam Cole <laughs> backflipped onto his fucking head. He chopped him so hard that Adam Cole and Britt Baker's son, eventual son, felt it. It was bad. It was really bad. Oh, man. But uh, see, now that should have been the one kind of, if that had been the interaction between his two factions on this show, that would have been good. Yeah, I would have liked it much better myself. I, would, I could have lived without the whole business in the first match, the, the fuckery and the whatnot. If that was the one interaction when the one time they appeared together, that would have been good. That would have been fine. I mean, Walter killed Adam Cole. Jesus Christ. That would have been good. <laughs> All right, Steve Cook, it's time for the head-to-head comparison this week, sir. You shall go first. I may give it to AEW because uh, a lot of the NXT stuff was a little too close to, uh, you know, Raw slash SmackDown booking for my liking. I was I was prepared to give it to NXT this week because it was live, and AEW was kind of taped and on a boat, and I had read the spoilers and whatnot. But uh, I still enjoy the show. It was still pretty well presented. It did some good stuff and. Uh, they left out some stuff that uh, had kind of drug them down for the past few weeks. Let's be honest. There was no uh, Dark Order Nightmare Collective. Yes, which are always Or big some other things. <laughs> some other things that have drug them down. They kind of uh, they kind of went all killer and no filler. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed the hell out of AEW this week. I liked the fresh environment. We got new tag team champions and a great opener. Um, the elite storyline, I think, is going along really well with the page stuff. Uh, Britt Baker's heel turn, I do think, is the right move overall, but it's very much a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, she's she is better in that role in the long term, I think. Yeah, uh, they're they're I mean, setting yeah, they're they're setting up uh, Jake Hager and Luchasaurus. The Jericho versus Jungle Boy stuff is still alive. They yep. advanced Joey Janela and Kip Sabian, Cody versus MJF, and they officially set up Moxley as the uh, the top contender. I, I had a blast watching this show. I thought it was great. They advanced a lot of stuff. They yeah. really did. I think I thought NXT was a good show this week. Uh, I thought it was strong overall. They had. A lot of good wrestling. You had a title change. There was a lot of build for Worlds Collide. Some of the early finishes, like we mentioned, left a lot to be desired. Strong show yeah. overall. Wednesday's still a blast. 
Uh, I think Worlds Collide is probably going to be a great show. Uh, But yes, I will go NXT as well. Or, I'm sorry, AEW this week as well. I think... uh, I just think that they advanced way more stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, the Britt Baker thing, definitely you can look at as uh, something that needs work. They did have the one distraction finish. But, um, again, they also, addition by subtraction, by taking away Dark Order and Nightmare Collective stuff this week. I got to tell you, I mean, I would be more distracted by Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian making out than by Imperium standing on a platform. Well, you know, I think you know, that's, uh, that's more of a distraction is what I'm saying. <laughs> like if I saw that, I'd be a little bit more distracted. That's all I'm saying. Although, I, as I point out in the Twitter machine, I see Imperium walking out here in the tracksuits. Where in the hell is the 411mania.com tracksuit? I will put it in order for those because I think I want one. I, too. I want one. Yes. I need a goddamn tracksuit for as long as I've been on this website. Jesus Christ. Fair enough. Steve Cook, we, we have a loaded weekend of wrestling coming up here. There we- is a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on this weekend. A lot of stuff going on. It starts off, of course, with our good friends of the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, Friday night, January 24th, which is the uh, the birthday of my very best friend in this world, who I have been best friends with since kindergarten. Good friend Clay, so happy birthday to him. He's going he's gonna to have some hard times. Hard times, daddy, if you will, because the NWA presents hard times in Atlanta, Georgia at the GPB, GPB Studios. That's and it's right. going to have a tournament for television championship and a lot of stuff going, a lot of stuff going on. There'd be a lot of matches on the show, Larry. There is. And, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of matches here, man. <laughs> I know a lot of people right away were like, God, there's, there's going to be too many matches. But the thing to keep in mind is all the TV title stuff has the 605 time. 605. So that included, so yeah, the, the tournament matches also have 605. Okay. So we start off, uh, first half of the bracket, wholesome babyface Tim Storm versus new douchebag heel Ken Anderson, Steve. Oh, boy. Mm. Was originally going to be Zane Dawson, but he had a broken hand, so they did a gauntlet on uh, power this week, which uh, yes. Mr. Anderson won and fully oh, turned God. heel he on Cole Cabana. Killed Cole Cabana. Poor bastard. He should have trusted Mr. Asshole. Yeah, you think as much tape. Asshole. <laughs> you, you think as much tape as Colt watched as he would have thought about that. Seriously. How can you trust that guy? Come on now. Get a little ridiculous here. Uh, but, I mean, Anderson's got a tough draw here in the in the first round against uh, Mama Storm's baby boy, Tim Storm. That's a, that's a barn burner, a rip snorter, if you will. I'm going to be rooting for Mama Storm's boy because I'm a big Tim Storm fan. That man, I'm telling you, he has cut the best Bayface promo this year so far. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Tim Storm. He's an awesome Bayface. I want Tim Storm to win, but I think the way I kind of have the tournament booked out, I think it's going to be Mr. Anderson. You think the Anderson go go forward? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that one out of all these could go either way. Yeah, I want that one's that one's a question mark, which oh. <laughs> that's another guy, right? That's right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I want Tim Storm to win badly, but I think I think it's going to be Anderson. Uh, we move on this half of the bracket. The other match, Ricky Starks 
facing off with someone being brought in from the outside, which was announced before. M Dog Twenty, Matt Cross, M Dog Twenty, also known as Son of Havoc, That's if right. you will. Man, um, good worker. He's a good, good, good wrestler. I I, I like this one a lot. Ricky Starks is someone the NWA looks like they have a lot of plans for. Uh, he had the draw with Aldis on TV. Cross is a good outside name to bring in. Um, he, he's people are be like, oh, he's thirty nine, blah blah blah, but he has a lot to offer and. Yeah, I've, I've been surprised that post Lucha Underground that he hasn't ended up, if not signed, at least working dates with like ROH Impact and AEW. He had a way. I mean, I mentioned all in too. Yeah. So you would think that they may have uh, given the guy a call or something, but uh, apparently not yet. I think the smart money is probably on Ricky Starks because, as you said, that guy does have a bright future. He is kind of in the NWA plans. So I think Starks goes over, and I think I think Cross does a great job. Yeah, I, I think Cross is a great, reliable veteran, and he's also a guy that, in a short time frame, can work a really energetic sprint with Ricky Starks as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we head to the other half of the bracket. We got Zicky Dice, who is apparently a <laughs> Seth Rollins trainee. <laughs> I have no idea what to make of this guy, to be honest with you. I, I've seen I him a few know. times, I have no idea what to make of him. He's he's fucking out there, man. But he's a guy. He's a guy. He, and he is there. He is facing off with someone that made their return to Ring of Honor and got signed. The big hoss daddy, a murder machine, Dan Math. Which leads to a question that I have. Since I was watching the Power earlier today, and you had Pope out there with A. Kingston, they're kind of promo. And uh, is Homicide now on the show because of Dan Moff? Is that the deal? No. Is that still a thing with him, Dan Moff? No, from what a... I heard, they squashed a beef couple That's years over? Ago. Okay, that, that's been squashed. Okay, I was a little curious there for a second. Because that was a whole thing back in the... You remember that? That was, that was a lot of drama back in the day. That was a whole thing. <laughs> Dan Maff got... Uh, Dan Maff slash Moff got uh, blackballed there for quite a period of time. Yeah, but he... Because he did something he probably shouldn't have done. Allegedly. <laughs> he pissed off Homicide. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> So he he's been a ton of fun since being back with Ring of Honor though. I have not seen a lot of him. I uh, I will say back in the day he was an enjoyable worker. Yeah, he he's just a big brute and hoss daddy right now that all right mixes, well, that sounds familiar. Mixes in some occasional crazy dives and mixes in some hardcore stuff as well. He's been a lot of fun though. He's been uh, teaming with Jeff Cobb as well. A big hoss. Yeah, I, I saw that. I I saw they were listed together, and that sounds like a fun tag team. And I will hope that Dan Moff goes over here because I don't see a whole lot in Ziggy Dice, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think the, the short With all due respect to Seth Rollins, I just don't see a lot there. Yeah, I think the short time frame works to the advantage of this match. I kind of hope uh, Dan Moff makes real short order of him and moves <laughs> on. Um, yeah. And then the other half of this block, Steve Cook, we have... The question mark. Big question mark. The yeah. most over guy in the NWA facing off. He with, really is. Facing <laughs> off with uh, an old favorite of yours, Trevor Murdoch. Yeah. One half of Caden Murdoch, uh, one of the great tag team champions. The redneck the... whirling dervish, man. Yes, sir. I I like Trevor Murdoch. I like the question mark, too. So I think this will be a fun little piece of business here. And uh, to be honest with you, either guy wins. I'm okay with it. I like them both. They're they're both fantastic, and uh, I have heard speculation about the question mark possibly being Josephus Undermass. That's purely speculation. 
I will, Purely you, I will have you know that that is complete and utter bullshit. Because I, 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 I called the Mongrovian consulate. Okay. And I yeah. spoke with them. And they assured well, okay. me that while they could not reveal his identity, that Josephus <laughs> has never been to Mongrovia. I believe that. Uh, I don't think it let him out of Tennessee, to be honest with you. That's right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have the question mark going over here, Steve, because you cannot beat the power of Karate. Uh, it's a tough power for Trevor Murdoch to face, but uh, if anybody could, it might be the the uh, the uh, the proud protege of uh, King Harley Race. That's right. So moving on to the first semifinal match, Steve, I have Ken Anderson and Ricky Starks. Got Ricky Starks going over here. That makes sense. That that would uh, definitely make sense, and. Uh, Unfortunately, make more sense than Tim Storm versus, versus Ricky Starks. So I think you're probably right on that. I would like Tim Storm winning the whole damn thing. To be honest with you. Well, I wouldn't argue with Tim Storm winning the whole thing either. But <laughs> I, I, just I, a stick at the neck out us. That'd be good. Yeah, but I, I think that they have big designs on Ricky Starks as a star yeah. for them. So as they should. I don't blame them for that. And then in the second half of the bracket, I have the question mark and Dan Moff. And uh, I think that <laughs> that's uh, a match. <laughs> yeah, 2020 baby <laughs> who would have thought yeah um so anyway that, needs, that I, needs at least 12 minutes and 10 seconds doesn't it? <laughs> you would think so <laughs> but uh i think i think uh we may see shooter stevens involved here but i think mm. i'm thinking the question mark goes over because so you that's, think the question mark and ricky starks is your finals what you're saying well see i think when i look at the entire field it makes sense to me to make this to final because Starks has been on the rise, but every time he looked against to the next level, Shooter Stevens or the question mark were there to ruin everything. Yeah. So yeah. the final makes sense to me. It makes it come full circle. It puts Starks in a position to succeed, rise to the occasion, and not only get some revenge, but get his first big-time accomplishment. I'm going Ricky Starks for the TV okay. title win. I'm going to root for the dream match booking of Tim Storm versus Danny Moff. <laughs> That, Dream match booking, baby. Ring of Honor slash the from 2003. Yes, sir. That would be Dream a match. match booking. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Two stiff guys going at it. It'd be good. So next good up, stuff. we have the NWA Tag Team Championship on the line. The Rock and Roll Express defending against the Wild Cards and Eli Drake and James Storm, Steve. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Old Morton Gibson, the, uh, what are they, nine-time champions now? That's right. All right, man. And I got to put over Eli Drake here for a minute because if you go back, if you go back last week with uh, Drake and Tim Storm and Robert Gibson against uh, it was Steiner and the Wild Cards, and Eli Drake did a damn good job putting Scott Steiner over, didn't he? Yeah, he he made Steiner look like he was in his prime. Is great. Well, they they, it, they so. worked together in, in Impact, so it's not yeah. Surprising. So he knew how to feed off him. He knew how to do his stuff. So. I think Eli kind of gets slept on as a worker from time to time. He's known more as a talker. I think the team of Storm and Drake is interesting, too, because you have two good talkers there, and Storm's a great tag team wrestler, and Drake's good tag teams as well. And uh, if I was putting on my, my booking hat, I'd have Storm and Drake go over. That's what I'd have. Uh, that's what I'd have to happen. As much as I love the R&Rs, I, I think there's some good, good business there. I, I see where you're going, and I agree with you on one hand. I do see a title change. 
I think it's going to be the wild cards getting the title back. You think it's going to be to back up Nick Aldis? Yeah, yeah a, b- a big night for Aldis and Strictly Business. I'm seeing. Okay, I can I can see that. So yeah, and you might have those two teams going forward because we know the Rock and Rolls aren't a long term option here. Yeah, and that, that's God actually. In my preview, I, what I wrote exactly is you know, I love the Rock and Roll Express, but I think they lose here. Big night for yeah. Strictly Business because Wild Cards can win and Drake and Storm can chase them and keep them in the mix with Aldis and everything. Yeah. yeah. Now we got a title match that nobody saw coming in 2020. No, this thing just came out of nowhere. <laughs> the NWA National T- Championship <laughs> match. Shooter Stevens. Defending against your man Scott Steiner, Steve. I have no idea what the yeah, I have no idea what to expect from that. Except I will probably think it's awesome <laughs> because Eric Stevens has been quite on quite the roll here on NWA Power, has he not? Listen, he he's he has not been great. great in the ring, but he is fucking entertaining in his role. He really is. A... Did did you see the sell this week of the Mongrovian Spike? Yes, yes, I, I did. died a thousand oh, times. Oh God! It's just just fantastic, just fantastic, and of course, the whole karate demonstration earlier in the show was just fantastic. So he has been on a roll in this show. God bless him. And of course, I mean, Big Papa Pump. I mean, my my Mac, my Mac Daddy. You know, he's got the hookup. Holler if you hear him. So there are no losers here. Both these men are wrestling legends. They should be first ballot Hall of Famers. Am I right? Steve Cook, the big question before we get to the winner. Do we see Scotty Steiner bust out the Frankensteiner? Yes. Yes, I think Aaron Stevens would be willing to take that. I think he would. Scotty, and <laughs> normally when he came back to TNA or Impact, he would always break it out in the pay-per-view match. Yes, yes. It is always a great moment. I think Aaron Stevens would be happy to take the Frankensteiner. Well, he fucking he better be. That's all I'm saying. I think he would. I think he'd be all about it. I think he'd be all about that stuff. Unfortunately, I do think that Aaron Stevens does go over at the end of the day. As much as I love the big bad booty booty daddy, I think uh, the fourth degree uh, Montgrovian black belt keeps going. <laughs> I think Scott Steiner wins, but I think it might be via disqualification. Oh, the disqualification. Oh, gosh. I, I could see it with the Stevens character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maybe even count out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I could see some kind of schmozzy finish. Um, but I also wouldn't fully rule out Scott Steiner winning because he is aligned with Strictly Business. That's right. It would be a big night for Strictly Business. So, I mean, they could I be think going it's with the power a, play. I, my prediction, honestly, is a bunch of bullshit that I, that I buy into. All right. Because it's Aaron Stevens, Scott Steiner. Okay. I expect bullshit. Next up, we stick with the title match of Steve Cook, NWA yeah. Women's World Championship. Allison K defending against Thunder Rosa. Quick question, Larry Zonka. You remember a good friend, Andy Critchell? Yes. Remember him from back in the day? Yes, sir. Um, he's a big NWA Power fan. Very awesome. He loves the power, if you will. But uh, one thing he said on offteam.com uh, earlier, earlier this week was he finds Allison K annoying. Which is kind of strange because I did not think Andy Critch will be against a strong, powerful woman. That does not fit his character. I don't so, necessarily find her annoying, but I'll tell you what, I, I do feel that in terms, especially in comparison to Thunder Rosa, I think she's been very lacking since Power started. Uh, I don't think she's had like any 
anything resembling like good promo work. I haven't been wild with her in ring. To whereas I feel Thunder Rosa has been great since the start of Power. She looks like a star. She pops off the screen. She feels like a star. She's a badass. Um, the NWA Women's Division obviously still a work in progress. They have some names in there. They're trying. Um, uh, you have to remember, WWE is like 8,500,000 women under contract. Oh, this is true. There. Yeah. But there, there are more people they can't eventually bring in if they want on the Indies. But the thing is, is I think they should put Thunder Rosa over here. I, I would go with her as champion. I think it uh, plays much better. Plus, it adds layers to the whole relationship and stuff with Melina because... You know, Melina keeps talking about she's a legend and that she's going to win the championship at some point. Yeah. How is she going to feel if one of her quote-unquote underlings wins the championship before she does? Yeah. I get you. I get you. And uh, Thunder Rosa, I'm also impressed with her. She's done great work wherever she's been, and I would not be opposed to her winning. And I think that's what happens there. Thunder Rosa over the past, like, four years has gotten really good because she, you know, she was Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground. Oh, yeah. And early on, she didn't have a ton of experience, and her early, early matches were really not good. <laughs> and weren't. then, you know, she she worked a little more there. She started traveling around, uh, had the Twisted Sisters tag team with Holiday, did some work in Japan, and she just hustled and worked a lot of places. She worked ROH, she worked all around the Indies, again in Japan at time to time, recently won a title in Japan. And um, I just, she's someone that hit the grind and just improved herself a lot. And I think she's been great. Like, she had like a fucking sub three minute match on um, fucking power the other day. It was like, it was like really good for under three minutes. Just yeah, like, it was her and uh, 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 Tasha Steele. I Steels. forget her name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like Tasha a lot too. She's somebody that ROH tried to sign and apparently Tasha Steele's thought that I could probably do better than twenty four grand a year, so. There you go. But uh, no, it's just twenty four now. All right, that's what it was apparently. But anyway, I like Thunder Rosa a lot. I I just I think she looks like a star to me every time she's on TV, and I I would go with the title change. I could see that happening. It's been a long reign for Allison K. Might come to an end. Uh, And then the last match we have here listed, it's not an NWA World's Title match. Is the NWA versus ROH interpromotional match between the National Treasure Nick Aldis, the head of Strictly Business, and uh, one of the members of Marty Scrawl's Villain Enterprises, Mister Flip Gordon? Yeah, and for for everybody not that doesn't follow ROH and NWA deeply, this is an extension of the starting of the Marty Scrawl Nick Aldis feud, which is a continuation of a feud from last year. And this is also the, the rebirth of the ROH NWA relationship, which they had going through the Crockett cup and stuff last year. And then Billy Corgan made the decision to end the relationship. There was no animosity. It's just that they wanted to focus on power and ROH wasn't sure if they were going to let their people appear on NWA quote unquote TV because they weren't sure where the show was going to end up. And it was just a business move at the time, but apparently everybody walked away happy, uh, slightly disappointed. I think ROH was because I think they liked having Allison and stuff like that. And he did really good work on commentary as well as when he appeared. But, um, and I know people were upset that they didn't rush to Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis, but here's the thing. They made the right call for this show because now that Marty is re-signed with ROH, 
has the book, and is allowed to work pretty much anywhere he wants, you don't have to rush that match. Now, right. if he wasn't re-signed with ROH and was going to go somewhere, sure, you do the match now, you try to pop a buy rate. But you don't have to do it. Skrull re-signed with ROH. Now you can keep booking this angle. Aldis invaded the ROH shows, um, the last weekend shows they had. Flip yeah. Gordon got up in his mug. So <laughs> you're building up to the Aldis thing through a Villain Enterprises member facing off with Aldis. Um, I like that. And obviously, um, I expect at some point Marty's probably going to work like Tom Latimer or Royce Isaacs. You know, they're going to build up to these guys kind of going through the other stablemates, I think. Yeah, they've already hyped up Nick Alice appearing on the upcoming uh, Free Enterprise show for our Yeah, race. they're working a tag match. It's him and Roosh versus Marty and PCO. Oh, there you go. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a smart and simple build. Flip has been a mainstay in ROH for years now. He was sidetracked by injuries and uh, had flashes of greatness, and then like there was booking issues as well. He's tra- <laughs> he's transitioned into a heel role with Villain Enterprises, and with that, he's changed up his style to stay healthy and also reflect a heel turn. He's not doing as many flashy flips in his flip game these days, mm. but he still delivers really good matches, and he breaks them off from time to time. This is also a rematch, actually, from ROH Honor for All 2018, which was for the NWA title. Nick Aldis won um, that match. It was like a low-key good match, um, but it wasn't anything that you had to see. It had a lot of room for improvement. Nick has continued to get better. Flip has continued to get better. This will probably be a much better match since then in comparison. Um, The thing here is that Nick Aldis is a heel, but Flip is the invader, so I'm sure that the NWA faithful are going to kind of embrace Aldis as the babyface here. Sure. Um, so they have history. They have the good angle with the Marty stuff. Um, and this is, I think, one of many chapters in the second book of Aldis versus uh, Skrull because Aldis beat him at the Crockett Cup to retain the title. They had a really good match there. I'm excited that they're revisiting the feud. I think it opens up a lot of fun possibilities for both ROH and the NWA. Um, I know they said Marty's going to be there. Wouldn't be surprised if Villain Enterprises and Strictly Business got involved at some point during this. Um, but, I mean, this is a Nick Aldis win. He shouldn't lose before he faces Marty. No, and, he should not. And quite honestly, it should be as clean a win as possible. I mean, may some cheating. May, may some assistance. But, I mean, what I'm talking about, I don't need to see, you. like, yeah. 18 run-ins and then, like, a chair shot and then a finish. Right, right, yeah. But I don't mind some minor heel cheating, but I, I kind of just, I want Aldis to basically just go over looking strong as the champion because he's, for lack of a better word, he's facing one of Marty's minions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he could win, and may he could see maybe Marty and PCO may some people make appearance afterwards. Yeah, but they've they've hyped Marty appearing, so probably definitely during the post match, if I had to guess. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they book that. And um, overall, Steve, how excited are you looking at this pay per view? Ah, uh, there there are definitely some ups on the show, and there are definitely some downs on the show. Let's be honest. There are some some little some questionable stuff going on, but there's also a lot of good stuff. So I think I would probably rate it a little a little above average. I would say. Fair so it'd be enough. interesting to see. Are they doing? Are they doing monthly shows? Is that the deal they're doing right now? I don't think they're going to do monthly. I mean, they they kind of rushed to this one because I thought that they might have. To, I think the the thing was that they might have thought they had to do the Marty match as soon as possible. 
and that's why they rushed the pay-per-view date. Yeah. I think now that their next pay-per-view, from what I heard through the grapevine, is that I think they're planning for an April return, March or April. Yeah. So like they're going to skip February, and hopefully they That'd don't... I don't need them doing 8 to 12 pay-per-views a year. No. I, I think that they should be smart, maybe 6 at the most... Because then you can have cycles to build up to them and everything. But I just I think if you try to go monthly or every six weeks, you're kind of you're you're get, getting a little overexposed in a very loaded market. Yeah, it's a definitely a loaded market, as we see with uh, some of the other events coming up this weekend. That's right. So Steve Cook. Next <laughs> up, we have WWE. Worlds Collide. Worlds Collide. Which I kind of I know why they're calling it WWE, but they should just call it NXT Worlds Collide because it's NXT versus NXT. It really, it really is. Yeah, so, NXT, uh, NXT UK. So we start off Steve Cook. But there's also some 205 Live guys, I guess. I don't know. Kind of technically, <laughs> but the cruiserweights are basically just NXT. So. Yep. We we have a pre-show match, Steve, and uh, we're talking about the stacked women's division. Two women we didn't talk about really during the NXT. Yeah. Mia Yim versus the NXT Women's Champion Kaylee Ray. Now, is this a title match or not I a title match? I don't think so, but it could be turned into one. I just it's a match. For, that's all I know. Mia Yim might not be able to travel to England. That's probably well now. We have no idea of of her uh, uh, transportation methods, but. Uh, I th- I would expect the NXT Women's Champion to go over the what UK Women's Champion to go over. I would say, much we like Mia Yim, I think Kaylee Ray is probably the pick here. Yeah, I think that's a safe pick too. I, I think it'll be a quality addition to the card because I think Mia is really good. I think Kaylee Ray is great, and I think they'll both be looking to kind of prove that they belonged on this show. So it, obviously, it depends on how much time they get. If they only get like five minutes, it's it'll be fine. But I mean. I think if they get like, you know, 10, 12 minutes like a normal free show match, I think they can definitely have a good match. Well, it's a, you know, it depends how much time we need for Sam Roberts and for Pat Mac- McAfee at all. Oh, yeah, that's, that's how that's what it depends on. Because you know those two assholes are going to be on that show. They're going to be yapping about something or nothing. Or, or I have no time for Sam Roberts. I can slightly tolerate McAfee from time to time. I can't tolerate either one of them. I have no time for either one. I just You can't have a punter out here telling me... <laughs> You can't have a punter out here, you, you know, telling me how to, how to think about wrestling. Come on now. He's a punter. Listen, you're going to make rich eyes and cry because punters are people too. Well, not a, Pat McAfee is not a person. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So we're going to head on to the proper card now, Steve Cook. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship, champion Angel Garza versus Swerve yeah. Scott versus George. Okay, technically it's going to be spoilers because the NXT UK show is airing after this airs, but... I think you guys can deal with it versus yeah. Jordan Devlin versus Travis Banks. Um, mm. So I like this match a lot. Uh, Angel Garza uh, and Swerve Scott, um, really good. Uh, Jordan Devlin, I fucking love because he was one of the best in-ring guys of all 2019, mostly based on outside of WWE work. Travis Banks is always good and reliable. They actually, both of those guys were actually sent for the set to face off at the original NXT UK takeover, but they did an injury angle, which led to Jordan Devlin facing Finn Balor on that show. So those guys have some history. Again, Scott and Garza, really good. Devlin's fucking amazing, honestly. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it has a ton of potential as long as they get some time and the freedom to do so. Um, I think it definitely. Uh, 
you know, there's a lot of a few matches I'll talk about having this. I think depending on how it's laid out in time and everything, I think they have a chance they could steal the show because again, there is a lot of talent in this match. But again, it goes to time and how they're how much freedom they're allowed in the layout. Uh, I see. I see Angel Garza retaining. I mean, you're a lot more familiar with some of these guys than I am because I do not watch a lot of NXT UK. I do remember Jordan Devlin uh, doing some stuff. I remember that Finn Balor match. I remember seeing that. So I saw his match with uh, Tyler Bate. It's a pretty good piece of business. Not as familiar with Travis Banks. Uh, I've seen Swerve, of course. Uh, Swerve has been a mainstay on the independents. Bet done some stuff in Lucha Underground and a number of different places. So, talented guy there. Angel Guards, of course. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I'd be surprised they changed the title here. But uh, you, know, you never know. They might have a swerve, right? May swerve us. I'll here. tell you what. If they fucking swerve us, I would love if Jordan Devlin <laughs> fucking won this match. Ooh, I am not going to lie because that dude is fucking awesome. There you have it. So, but I, I do think Angel Garza retains. So. Next then up. I see the next match was uh, the singles match we talked about a little bit earlier on with uh, Finn Balor, the prince, if you will, taking on a... Uh, Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, and again, I, I think this is a potentially great match that could steal the show because Balor versus Dragunov, it, it's a fresh match. Balor has been a ton of fun since making his NXT return. He delivered in his match with Cole, had a really good match with Riddle. Um, I, I think a fresh matchup with somebody like Ilya will really appeal to him, and I think I think it will drive him to give us a big-time performance here. Um, and Ely has been really great in NXT UK. He had some great matches with not only Cesaro, but he had two great matches with uh, Alexander Wolf on NXT UK TV. Uh, he's somebody on the rise, but also somebody looking to impress again on getting a big stage appearance, which he's only had one of, which is that Cesaro match. Yeah. Um, I love this match on paper. I think Ely impresses. I think he delivers. But, you know, Balor has the big match coming up with Gargano in Portland which makes me think he's picking up the win here, but this definitely has show-stealing potential. No doubt about that. I'll be interested to see it because I have not seen this Ilya Dragunov guy before, like I said earlier. So well, it's something that uh, has a little bit of mystery for me. And I, li- I do like some mystery. Yeah. And speaking of stuff, Steve Cook, this next match I cannot fucking contain my excitement for. DIY Gargano and Ciampa. Facing off with the lads from Mustache Mountain. Oh, yeah. I mean, DIY, one of the great tag teams of NXT history. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampia. Good people. Both good people. I mean, you know, Ciampia had that little stage where he's kind of evil and whatnot. He's a little bad, right? I think, he was, I think he was just greatly misunderstood, that's all. Yeah, misunderstood, <laughs> I would say. A good, a good gentleman and a scholar, I would say. Uh, both great people. Gargano Ciampa, best friends going back. Do it. Are they living together again now? Have they moved back in? Is that a deal? I have. Because I remember back when they lived together. It was pretty good. Remember when they were doing the glorious theme together? Remember yeah. the whole situation? That was great. <laughs> but seriously, folks, a great tag team going against uh, Tyler Bate and uh, Trent Seven, Mustache Mountain. Great tag team. Uh, I believe former uh, Chikara champion the Perajas. Is that right? 
Campiones de Parejas. Campiones de Parejas. My Spanish is not too great, but uh, uh, mine sucks too. Don't feel bad. Yeah, great, great tag team. Two great tag teams here. You want to talk about show stealing matches? I think this one takes the cake right here. Yeah, because I think I think these four are gonna go at it. This one, go this one it. definitely gets the certified banger alert because I am so mm-hmm. looking forward to this. DIY, obviously, anytime they reunite, they have tremendous matches. Individually, they're both great. Tyler Bate is just coming off that awesome match with Jordan Devlin. Trent Seven, I still I talk about all the time. I find him very underrated. He's a good performer. He is a great storyteller. He plays a great face in peril when he needs to. Takes a great beating. I just think that because him and Tyler Bate work so well together, I am looking so forward to this. And yeah, like you said, it, I think this steals the show. I think something. I think like a fucking you know like a meteor would have to hit the goddamn arena for it not to deliver during this. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. DIY wins, I think, because Gargano and Chiampa have big matches coming up in Portland. And yeah. even though it's a tag match, I don't think you want them losing here. No, you don't. No, you don't. I still th- we still missed out on the great DIY uh, run WWE on the main roster due to Chiampa's uh, neck injury there. Oh, so they could do fucking back shaving segments with the Revival? Never mind. <laughs> I love that people got Never mind. people got mad at Chiampa when he gave that interview and talked about how if they wanted him to get to the main roster and tried to force it on him, he would retire. And like, oh, he doesn't want to step up to the big stage. He's a big fish in a little pond. No, the man has had serious knee injuries. He's coming off of a career-threatening He's got a neck lot of injury. Serious injury issues. And he the does. thing is, NXT. At worst, I mean, they're not going to make him work all the house shows. He might work the occasional bigger house show. He's not working the Coconut Loop. He's no. not going to work matches on TV every week. He's probably going to work 30 to 45 times match-wise a year at this point. That's why he's willing to stay in NXT. He loves it there. He knows he can last yeah. longer there. He's making good money there. So it's like, why the fuck would he want to go up to the main roster and have some fucking klutz drop him on his goddamn head to where he has to retire? He'd be working raw. Uh, he'd be working raw dark matches. Cedric Alexander for the rest of his life. Yeah, uh, when I was talking, <laughs> is that what Alexander's doing now. I assume that's what he's doing. Yeah, main event, baby. When oh, I, when yeah, I was podcasting right. with uh, Ian Hamilton, we were previewing the last NXT UK takeover. We were talking. Ian's very passionate because he's over in the UK and talks about the, sure. just the whole UK scene. And we were joking about. Oh gosh, I'm sure he has a lot of takes on that. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, we were just talking about just like. His frustration isn't, he's not a big, they've killed the indies thing. It's just like, he's more pissed that NXT UK has so much talent and doesn't use it properly. Yeah. And we talked about how so many guys are in the same position. And then we talked about how people were making fun of a guy called Chris Brooks because he decided to go over to Japan and then he had got to deal with DDT and worked there for a while. And they're like, oh, he worked a fucking match in a water slide park and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm sure he's so upset that he couldn't work a three-minute match with Joseph fucking Connors on NXT UK. Right, yeah. yeah he, he worked a water park? What's wrong with working a water park? That dude, sounds fun. Th- it was the most fucking amazing thing I ever saw. It was hilarious. That sounds awesome, actually, to be honest with you. It, it, dude, th- there was one spot that where two dudes worked a figure four at the top of the water slide, and the nice. other guy fought him off down? the top, and they slid all the way down. Oh God, <laughs> that sounds like a good piece of business to me. So I don't know what I, th- I don't know what those I mean those funny days just complain about. Oh, why can't they just work regular wrestling matches? No, work work in water parks. 
work on random Antonio Noki islands. That's Again, awesome. y- you work to your audience, Steve. Yeah. And, and not, not to is up with that stuff. They I, are. I'm, I'm not trying to go back to my SI interview a lot, but like I talked about my SI interview that the one thing I love about fucking wrestling so much is that it can be so many different things to so many different people. Mm-hmm. I loved Wrestle Kingdom, right? Like I was into Wrestle Kingdom. Sure. I love Kota Ibushi. But sure. for as much as I love someone like Kota Ibushi, there is some dude somewhere in the world that probably thinks famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan is the greatest thing he's ever seen. You'll see that. You'll see people online that insist that Joey Ryan is just this fucking, uh, you know, Rembrandt of the so, squared circle. But it's just like, but that's the coolest thing about wrestling to me. And that's yeah. another reason why I love Lucha Underground, because Lucha yep. Underground wasn't trying to be Raw or SmackDown or NXT or ROH. It was trying to be totally different. It's just, I just think that's the coolest thing about wrestling is you can love so much different shit. And that's, that, of, that's why DDT has a place. That's right. And speaking of stuff that I love, <laughs> well, let's go to the next match here. because Hell this of is, a segue to Rhea Ripley, Steve. That's right. We're talking about stuff that I love. And this match for the NXT Women's Championship features two people that I love. I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan. Uh, the, her match with Sham Baszler on the, the NXT show was fantastic great match. i mean she's a superstar in my mind Definitely. and of course she's going to uh, going up against another girl who i think is awesome tony storm who beat her for the uh, uk championship of course and uh, they're going back and forth and now they're going for the nxt women's championship i am a huge fan of both these women larry zonka and whoever wins i'm very happy about it either way and i agree because this fan. is my shit right here i love it i'm a big fan of both as well and the thing is is and you you did mention it. We're re, we, we're revisiting the Ripley Tony Storm feud. Yes, and it's very interesting to me on a few levels because first of all, Rhea defeated Tony Storm to win the first NXT UK Women's Title in 2016. Yeah. Tony eventually um, avenged that loss, and then she lost the championship to Kaylee Ray. That led to, you know, her screen time was like really weird in NXT UK. And she wasn't, like, on TV a lot. A lot of people said she was having, I don't know, personal issues, wanted time away knows, from it. Yeah. I, I don't know what the story was. But the bottom line is many thought that she was going to be the face of NXT UK and eventually transitioned to the main roster where she would shine as a big star. But somewhere along the way, things got off track, and I don't know why. Tony hasn't exactly been booked as a big star. She hasn't had a run of big star-making matches. Meanwhile, Rhea Ripley went from having a crisis of confidence and being unsecure in her own self in terms of her look, her work, and she made a drastic character change. Yeah, and she found herself. Yes, right. She found herself. She made changes to her work, her look. It all paid off. The new Rhea Ripley feels like a star. She is a star. She grew into a, into a much better performer. She grew into her new role. The NXT UK run was really great for her. Because she was booked, for lack of a better phrase, like a top territory star. Yep. So, in a story that nobody saw coming, Rhea Ripley became the big star, and if we're being honest, has kind of lapped Tony Storms in terms of being a star in WWE. She has right now, absolutely. That's right, and don't get me wrong, Tony's still great, and there's certainly time for her to become a big star, but now's just not her time. Rhea's the bigger star. She's still on the rise. There's no way she should lose here after just winning the title. Yeah. Rhea winning it should win in a good match. Tony loses. 
I think she kind of snaps after the match. I think we're going to see a heel Tony Storm afterwards. Mm. And, um, you know, Rhea's going to win because she has the big Bianca Belair match coming up. I think it'll be good. Could be great, honestly, because both are very talented. And um, it just... um, I'm a little more concerned on how Tony Storm's going to step up in this one as compared to Rhea Ripley because Rhea has really stepped up. You look back at that Survivor Series week and weekend, you know, she beat Charlotte. She had a match with Becky. You know, she won the War Games. She won a Survivor Series shortly after. She won the title in a great match. She's just constantly stepped up. Nowhere in her ascension has she had a backtrack or has she had a hiccup. It's been onward and upward for her. And I, I just hope Tony Storm, like, whatever's been kind of going on, whether it's maybe lack of confidence or going wrong in a per I don't know what it is. Hopefully, whatever it is, she gets the chance to shine here. They lay out a great match, and she gets to deliver. Because I think it has a ton of potential, but I see Rhea winning. See, okay, and the thing is, with the first time I saw both these girls was in May Young Classic, right? The first one. Yeah. And the first time I saw them both, I, I thought both of them future superstar i saw it immediately with both of them right away and the thing you have to keep in mind with both of them they're both very young they're yep. both still in their early 20s which they is have fucking a, scary they have a long ways ahead of them in, in, in their wrestling careers a long ways ahead and uh ria i mean we i've talked about it before where she was trying to kind of be what uh she thought that you wanted out of a a uh, lady wrestler and yeah. it didn't quite work early on. And uh, eventually she just figured out that she needed to be herself. She and also she, admits that early on, she tried to be yeah. a little too much Tony storm. There you go. Yeah, I mean, so, she was I trying mean, to be what she thought that the people wanted. And, and instead and, of just being and you herself. Know what? In her defense, I mean, you look at Tony storm. <laughs> I mean, Tony storm is yeah. very talented. She's also yep. very gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She's blonde. That's yeah, like the sure. WWE MO. It is. It is. And she really kind of fell into the trap there for a minute. But then she kind of uh, eventually she realized it. I don't know. If she, I don't know who told her. I mean, sure. I'm sure she had people talking to her. I mean, who knows who it could have been? Might have been William Regal. It might have been any number of people just told her to just be herself. And she became that mosh pit kid that uh, they talked about on commentary when we were seeing uh, a whole completely different presentation. And she became the mosh pit kid. She became the nightmare. And uh, she's completely awesome right now. And Tony Storm, I like. I have no idea what's going on with her personal life. I don't. That's none and of my business. And I don't even know if it's a personal issue. None of my issue. business. It's it might like... not even be. It might just be a lack of confidence. She might be, uh, maybe her whole look might be, uh, well, maybe this is what people want to see. And maybe she hasn't found herself just yet. Which is amazing because she had a lot of success in Japan doing this whole business, right? Yeah, she got over big over there just doing this. And if she hasn't found her, if she hasn't found herself yet, and if she does, it's scary how how completely talented both these two could be. And I think this is just the first. Uh, this is uh, May a second or third actually of many many matches between these two exactly. on major shows going forward. 
And again, Which, too, to go back yeah. to my point, too, while I think Rhea is kind of lapped her at this point, you mentioned, too, they're both so young. It's not too late for Tony by no, any means. I'm uh, not, I, I don't, don't want anybody to think I'm saying that. What I'm saying is, is, like, she was a big star outside of the company. She had a lot of potential, and I think everybody thought she was going to be really big. And she got over stardom. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was one of the things. She got over big there. But whether it's been just the booking or... Whatever it is, she just hasn't clicked well for me in WWE. And I think it's safe to say a lot of people have said that. So I hope whatever it takes for her to find it, she does. Because I I, I think there's just a ton of potential in Tony Storm. Again, talented, good-looking, really young. Lots of room to grow. Same for Rhea still. I mean, Rhea's a big star right now. But she's just... The the overall potential of both of these women, Steve, is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, imagine the, how good they are now, and imagine this this match five years from now. Oh, and what's really Forget funny is like it. you look at this women's and like you see you have all these like a lot of young talent. You know, Bianca's young, <clears throat> a lot of other and like Bianca, very much different background, obviously athletic background, CrossFit and yeah. track and field and all that stuff. And then you look at like on the other end of it, you have Shayna Baszler, who's kind of like NXT's Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, she's in terms uh, yeah, of getting into wrestling really late. Yeah, but I mean, Shane has done a lot of good work too. But that that whole fucking again, if you got and I know some people don't see it because they only pay attention to Raw and SmackDown, but the women's division in WWE is insanely stacked with talent and future stars. Man, it's it's crazy. It's just a matter of them being booked that way, and I think this match has a potential to be a really damn good match and i think yeah it's only the tip of the iceberg for these girls because going forward i think they're just gonna be they're gonna be that much better yeah so and then so we got the main event here main event steve cook the undisputed era facing off with imperium this was a match that i thought was gonna have much bigger stakes roddy lost his title as we just talked about i yep. thought imperium was gonna walk in with the tag titles as well but no. But uh, the bearded hoodlums Gallus retained. <laughs> hey, uh, bastards. Anyway, my, my, my boys in Imperium didn't win the gold. But still, obviously, I think this is really cool because you have the dominant faction of Undisputed Era from NXT facing off with NXT UK's dominant force in Imperium. Um, you Adam Cole and Walter, two top-tier talents. No, no, here's my question. Yeah, I yeah. do have a question here because I, I saw this interview Walter did where he's talking about the Survivor Series match yeah, he and how he didn't really he didn't <laughs> care for it. He didn't like it because it's a 15 man match and guys just doing shit for sake of doing shit. So let's be honest, this is an eight man match when there will be a lot of guys just doing shit for sake of doing shit, right? Yeah, but so I, what's the difference? I, I do think in a four on four match you have a much better chance of actually laying out a story than you do in a 15-man match. <laughs> and God bless him for saying it, because I agree with him. Oh, he's fucking right. No rhyme or reason yeah. to that, let's but, be honest. But, but I think, Steve, that we'll agree, Adam Cole and Walter are two top-tier talents. Well, I mean, Adam Cole might be dead at this point, let's be honest. Well, I mean, he doesn't have a soul, we know that. But Walter <laughs> killed him. <laughs> so, But, I mean, you have two top-tier guys in there. Roderick Strong, for, for my money, is one of the guys in the last 10 years who has been one of the best workers that not enough sure. people talk about. Yeah. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, one of the best tag teams going in wrestling. Yep. Uh, Red Al- Dragon. 
Yeah, Alexander Wolf has been really good in NXT UK since taking the transition over to there. Glad yeah. he got moved over there instead of being doing nothing on the main roster, which yeah. I'm still pissed that they fucking nuked Sanity without ever giving those guys a chance. God, that was a waste of everything right there. That is a waste of just everybody in general. Uh, I don't want to get on that. Yeah, good Lord, Eric Young. God bless. God rest his soul where, wherever he went. Real, and, real uh, quick, and it's it's main event is your answer. <laughs> but he, let me ask you this. There you go. Are you shocked that Jeff Jarrett hasn't fired up Impact Plus and showed Vince McMahon all of Eric Young's comedy stuff and that he hasn't made it on TV in an Somebody should. Tour? Somebody should because the guy's funny. The guy's pretty funny to give I mean, him a chance. The, I mean, he's obviously a great wrestler, but that's the kind Why of shit. Why is he not that, right in the middle of the 24-7 business? Yeah, but I mean, that, I was going to say, that's the kind of shit Vince loves. You would yeah. think that Jarrett would be like, well, here's where he was afraid of Pyro. Here's Super Eric. Yeah. You know, yes. it's just like, and Vince would be like, God damn, pal. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, put him on there right now. I think him and R Truth are going to get the If R Truth ever retires, I think that's Eric Young's spot right there. Yeah. But I'm just surprised. But, anyway, but our truth does not need to retire. The man's ageless. Dude, did you see that everybody there. joking about that our truth was the only dude that could do the 10 year challenge and didn't have to change pictures? Yeah, he had a birthday, and everybody's like, what the hell? I know. <laughs> He's how old? Jesus Christ. And uh, to jump right back to Imperium real quick, uh, Agner and Barthel were pretty good tag team. Yeah, I, I, I love them as a tag team. So I think that. I think this is potentially a great match. Obviously, layout is going to be a big part of it, but you're going to have Cole and Walter pairing off a lot. O'Reilly and Fish and Eichner and Bartell pairing off. Wolf and Roddy Strong, I think, are going to be kind of like the nuts and bolts to keep the basic flow of the match together because they're more the kind of like your stronger basic work guys, like your mechanics, yeah. you know. But, I mean, I, I don't mean to demean strong in any way because I know some people think of that as like a demeaning term. But no, it's Ro- not. Roddy's just so good in a role like that, and so is Wolf. So I have a lot of faith in this one delivering. On this card, Steve, I have a lot of U.S. NXT wins. Yeah. So I think, so. That, I think that Imperium wins this one. And it would kind of continue a story where we saw on Wednesday night where uh, Roddy Strong lost the North American Championship. So you have them lose this big match here. It, it certainly looks like that prophecy of the Undisputed Era ruling overall might be coming to an end. So, yes, I agree with you on that. I think that would be some good storytelling there to play some doubt in the future of uh, Adam Cole and O'Reilly and Fish as champions. So excitement level out of 10, Steve. How are you looking at this one? I'm not sure I put a ten, a solid, uh, solid. I put a solid eight because I'm not as familiar with the uh, UK stuff as you are, as you are, to be honest with you. So I think some of these things I'm going in kind of questioning, but you know, I mean, I you know how much I love uh, Rhea and Tony. I'm big on that. I do think Imperium and Undisputed Era have a darn good match. Big on DIY and Mustache Mountain, and then the other three matches they're not sure on, but uh, could be a pretty darn good show. That's all right. And I think that's fair. And like you say, because you don't watch like a lot of NXT UK or anything. But I mean, I think that this, I honestly think that this has the ability to be a takeover level card. I have, I'm like about a nine on my excitement level. That DIY mustache mountain match looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I think Elia and Finn can kill it. I think the cruiserweight match has a lot of potential. I think if things go right, I think the women can potentially have a very great match. And, you know, just uh, I think the main event also a lot of potential. And even the pre-show match should, at the very least, be good if they get some time. So I just, 
I'm very excited for this. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's not TakeOver. But, like, listen, man, they're using a ton of people on this card. This is a fucking sexy card. It's a pretty sexy card. And I like the fact they've announced a lot of stuff in advance. Whereas with the next card on our schedule coming up on Sunday, January 26th, at the Men Made Park in Houston, Texas, the Royal Rumble, the 33rd Royal Rumble. I gotta tell you, there's not, as, there's, I don't know, there's not as much stuff announced for this thing for my, for my taste. And I'm looking at the card right now, and I see some stuff announced I'm not too excited about. <laughs> All right, well, Steve Cook. <laughs> to be honest, let's be, uh, yeah, there's some stuff here. Let's start off. We got some stuff. U.S. champion Andrade facing off with Humberto Carrillo. They yeah, faced, a big return this week, I guess. That's right. They faced off at uh, TLC 2019 where Carrillo won. They had a really good pre-show match. And then Andrade took his frustrations out on him later on when he attacked him during the infamous 50-fucking-minute gauntlet match that had no finish. Ugh. Ugh. Still pissed about that. I don't care that it comes Brutal. full circle. That fucking pissed me off. No. Uh, Andrade <laughs> took him out of action for a while. The feud continues here, so it does make sense. I kind of wish they would have waited and not rushed right into a match because it's for the title. I don't see Andrade losing. Because um, it would make no sense for him to lose the title he already. Should. He should. I can see a non-finish or a DQ, but I th- I think the bottom line is Andrade will somehow retain the championship. That's all I have to say about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, I know you're super... I know some people are a lot higher on Humberto. I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see it myself. I like Humberto, but I think Andrade is way better. Are we going to see another Ray title match here pretty soon? Who knows? Because Ray keeps getting title matches. Remember when they didn't have, they, they would not have the rematch clause. But wait a minute, we got all kinds of rematches. You expect them to follow their own rules? No, not really. Okay. So next up, Steve, is the returning Sheamus versus Sheamus. Chad Gable. Shorty G, you mean. Chad Gable. <laughs> Man. On paper, I, I I'm a I'm a bigger Sheamus fan than, than most people are. I think he's a, I think he's a really solid worker in the ring. He does some really good stuff in there, and of course uh, Chad Gable does some good stuff as well. So I think this will be a good match that nobody cares about. This is because be... why would you care about Sheamus or Chad Gable? Outside of a couple quick live events, this is going to be Sheamus's first main um, roster match televised since April of 2019. Going back now. Yeah, he took his uh, hiatus due to reported issues with his neck. He uh, apparently some stenosis type issues. Not good. Um, yeah, he returned. He beat up Chad Gable. He made fun of his size. He's being like King Corbin 2.0 with the short jokes. <laughs> I, I like Sheamus too, though. He's had a lot of really good to great matches over his career, and we're to see what's left in the tank at age 41. And don't get me wrong, it's not the age that's my issue. It's the neck injury history he has. Um, I just, I, I hope he's made a right decision. I mean, obviously he's cleared. And, um, I mean, I, I hope I hope the man has a few good years left in him. Uh, the good news is obviously he's working Chad Gable, and Chad Gable's great. Should be a basic big bully versus smaller, talented, resilient babyface match. Sheamus is in great shape. I'm sure he'll be out to prove that he can still go. Gable always works hard. 
And unfortunately, I kind of agree with you. It'll probably be a good match that a lot of people won't care about. We'll likely end up. I think on it the, dies to death. It probably does. end up on the pre-show. In all honesty, and um, Sheamus should win since his return match. And if not, it's a shameful thing. I just think nobody cares. I don't think nobody cares. Because, I mean, as much as we both agree Chad Gable is a talented guy, they've made us not care about him. Uh, that's an understatement. They've encouraged us not to care. And Chad Gable is counting the days until he can get released. That's all I can say about that, if he's smart. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He, he may be at a point that he's just going to sit around and catering and collect 500 grand a year. Well, eh, maybe. Who knows? I mean, it's... You're working to get it. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not going to hate his decision either way. If he leaves and wants to go out there and work a bunch of New Japan and shit and prove himself and other places, God bless him, I'll love it. But if the man wants to sit around and eat some delicious catering and make 500 yeah. grand a year, I'm not going to hold it against him. I'll be disappointed that I don't get to... Like, I'd love to see a Chad Gable run in, like, Best of Super Juniors. That'd you know? be good. That'd be fun. So, but I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... I just don't understand how you look at somebody with an Olympic credential background and your idea is we're going to make him look like one of the fucking monsters <laughs> from Space Jam and make fun of his height. Especially when one of your top stars of the previous decade was fucking five foot seven Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Or even five foot five Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Like, what are I you doing? Know. <laughs> and here's the other thing too it's and it's not like chad gable's in bad shape no. i mean my man you you see chad gable and i don't care about his height you, that's a fucking athlete yep oh i don't know i've i've long for for tried to stop figuring out that yeah, shit yeah it's it is what it is i think a great man once said like myself first has. title match of the evening steve cook we got SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey defending against newly minted babyface Lacey Evans. And as I've uh, pointed out in Twitter Machine and various uh, other avenues, I think Lacey Evans is uh, as bad as a heel as she was on Raw. I think she's equally as good a babyface on SmackDown. I agree. She's a much better babyface. She has has the background to play off of the babyface thing. But the other thing, too, is... Lacey, while obviously there's room for her to grow as a performer, Lacey is a good athlete. She has a great look. She can do some fun stuff. And she doesn't have to carry as much of the match being the babyface. Exactly. That is she the can work thing. with somebody like Bailey who can carry most of the match. So yeah. it just makes a lot lot more sense that way. And I think Bailey might be a little bit better to work with sometimes than Becky Lynch. <laughs> just <laughs> judging from the temperament, I don't know, but <laughs> I know the Lacey and Becky didn't work very well, and Lacey and Bailey seems to work a lot better. Yeah. So, who do you see winning here, Steve? Um, I feel like uh, they've been kind of building this Lacey and Sasha Banks thing for a while, so I get the feeling that we're going to see some uh, chicanery, some uh, fuckery, if you will. I feel like uh, Sasha does the interference deal, and I think Bailey ends up getting the win. I think Bailey retains as well, and quite honestly, I don't care about the result, even though I do think a title change feels a little too soon. My main thing that I want to see here is I hope that Lacey has a really strong showing. Because yeah. those those she needs one. Yeah, those matches with Becky and stuff, it's just that push I said from the beginning that push was too soon. It wasn't right for her. 
And I just, I want her to have a good show. I don't think Jackie wants anything to do with it either. Probably not. Well, you go from working with Charlotte and Ronda, and then you're like, yeah, you get get Green Lacey. Yeah, I don't think Becky wants anything to do with that. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I really hope Lacey has a really strong showing here is my big takeaway. Because I think that I get, I think you can do a ton with Lacey Evans. I said it since the beginning, since her May Young Classic stuff. She has a tremendous background to play Steph, off of. Yeah, she's a mom. She's good. She's looking, got that perfect look athletic. for that Dewey. She does. Yeah, but I mean, she's athletic on top of it. She does have a lot of potential. I just, I just want her to have a really good, strong showing here, and to hopefully put some of those bad performances in the rearview mirror. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, I think Bailey will be. Uh, I think Bailey uh, is also in the right state of mind to help her out with that. Next up, it's a Falls Count Anywhere match. Shades of Cactus Jack. <laughs> Roman Ring Reigns versus King Corbin. King Corbin, one of the great Kansas City wrestlers of all time. Absolutely. Now, yeah. if I'm going to be honest with you, Steve, between Raw and SmackDown, it feels like Reigns and Corbin have been feuding for approximately an eon. <laughs> with no end in sight it's never been good and it's only simply existed to me and i've been really critical of wwe's lack of ability or maybe uh, more appropriately desire to evolve the roman reigns character especially with his return yeah he comes back he beats leukemia and it's just like burner burner yeah burner the big dog same dude chest vest <laughs> same dude the big dog i mean yeah i don't think roman reigns is bad by any means it's no. just the fact that i think you could have freshened him up a little bit some new music a slightly different look something and but the thing is i'm even more critical of the poor booking of him since coming back on one hand i do think it's really smart that they didn't rush him back into the main event <clears throat> one, because he needed time to fully get back into ring shape and the swing of things. And two, you didn't want to run right back into the backlash issues you had before he had the diagnosis. That's right. You don't want the fans turning on Roman Reigns like the second he comes back from cancer. Would have been a bad look. And the other thing involved. the other thing to me is like the problem is not that he's not he just feels like such a fucking guy. <laughs> he doesn't feel yeah. like a star and it has nothing to do with him. It's the booking. It feels like they're almost just booking him with the dirt worst fucking guys available so that there's no yeah. backlash and that fans cheer him because it's like, well, at least it's not that fucking guy. You know, Roman Reigns should have been, the, he should have been wrestler 2010s. He should have been. Well, he was being, he pushed, was being that way. pushed in that direction to be that guy. But he never got there. And people got mammy because I ranked him so low on my list. And probably people got mammy because I ranked him so high on my list. It's just one of those things where he was supposed to be the guy, but then he just wasn't the guy. Well, here's a hot take. That fucker wouldn't have made my list at all. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. There's just... I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. I think he's like number six or something on mine. So well, I'm sorry. Like I, I think he shit the bed like three times in a row at Mania. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, the Undertaker match was kind of Triple uh, H match wasn't any good. The Triple H, I mean, you can blame Triple H and Undertaker for that in my book, but <laughs> it is what it is what it is. Well, he was in there with him though, and I do blame Triple H he a was lot in for there. that because you know my man tries to work his epic WrestleMania classic. He's got to have that goddamn thirty minute WrestleMania match every fucking time. That's right. <laughs> so the the other thing with this match too is that 
there's a segment of fans that have brought in the Baron Corbett as some kind of great worker that was always great. And they believe that because he had a couple good matches with Chad Gable. I have one fucking <laughs> leg and I could have a good match with Chad Gable for fuck's sake, okay? I'm just glad I don't converse with these people on a regular basis, so I can tell you about that. So it's like, I mean, you know, I mean, I will grant you that King Corbin is good at getting heel heat. But I'm not sure that's because of him being a great heel or just because people don't want to see him on television. For for my sake, I will point out that I do watch a lot of SmackDown, but I will tend to go to bed around the time that King Corbin comes out because mm. I don't need to see it. But I, w- I will say in Corbin's <laughs> defense, he's had some good outings, but I think there needs to be some perspective. He's fine. He's not a top heel. And I think the King run has exposed just how much of a mostly cliche heel he really is. And on top of that, he's also been like exposed as a very limited worker. He's not that good. He's had some good matches with the right people. In theory, the stipulation should help the match. But I will say if they aren't careful, they could... So that leave. means we get to see more of Robert Rudin, Dolph Ziggler. That, that sounds like an improvement. Probably, but I will say that they need to be careful because they're in a big venue. They're in a stadium. And if they brawl yeah. really deep into places, you're going to have to rely on the big screen for the live fans to watch. And that becomes a catch-22 because fans sometimes get out of the stipulation, so then it doesn't help as much as it is going to hurt. You know what the real important thing is here? You have to make sure if you're playing in the Astros stadium, you got to make sure not, not to knock their cameras out of place. You gotta make sure not to mess with the trash cans. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Houston Astros baseball team. Can, we, can we pat Roman down before match to see if he has an electronic buzzer on him? I think yeah. You gotta make sure the nearest guys has a has a buzzer, has some people talking to him or something. That's just a bad situation all the way around. And I think we can both agree that Roman Reigns should win the match. And yeah. But here's the thing, That'd Steve. That. The feud is not ending here. Oh God. King Corbin is gonna win. To be a thorn in Reigns' side for a bit longer. I will explain more later. Oh boy. Next okay, up, well, let's talk about the next match. The WWE Championship me. is on the line in a strap match. A the strap Fiend match. versus Daniel Bryan, Steve. The Col- Universal Championship. Is it a Yavapai strap match? No, and it's not the Universal. Oh, is it the Universal? It's a Universal. Oh, that's yeah. fuck, I can't fucking remember. They yeah, Brock has yeah. WWE title now. It's a Universal yeah. title. And it's Bucket. not the Yapapai strap match. If Daniel Bryan talked about the Yapapai strap match at the strap match for Jimmy Hart, I would have been on board. I mean, like, yeah, that sounds good to me. You know no, what? It's just a regular strap this match. This would now. be the only Hulk Hogan cameo I induce if he shows up on Friday <laughs> and he's sitting in a sewer with Daniel Bryan like it's Nitro Teaching 20 years ago. Teaching him the way ago. is the strap match. Yes. That'd be good. That would be good. That will be the only Hogan cameo I will tolerate. <laughs> Him and Jimmy Hart down the sewer teasing Daniel Bryan the ways of the yep by strap. Yep. That would be good, brother. <laughs> all right, so what are you thinking about? This is obviously a rematch from uh, Survivor Series. They're all rematches. <laughs> Everything's a rematch. Uh, Bray's going to win. Bray's going to win. The Fiend has to keep going on. The Fiend's going to keep looking strong. Uh, I think the Fiend's going to be built up for WrestleMania. And Daniel Bryan is here to lose like he usually is for Royal Rumble shows. Unfortunately, the the only good news I see of this, but I'm obviously torn because it is a strap match and they're not easy to have good ones. 
No. Um, Daniel Bryan is like the only guy that can have good matches with Bray Wyatt. They've done it before. They have. So, I mean, I have a little bit of hope. I'd love But to... it is a strap match. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing that takes it away for me. It's like, I would love for Brian to win here, dude, but I, I've come to terms that The Fiend is winning so he can defend at WrestleMania. Yep. Next up, champion Becky Lynch versus Asuka. I'm going to tell you right off, Steve, I, I actually love the whole idea of the match. Becky and Asuka, I think, can be really great. They've actually, the company's actually played into their story really well, which goes all the way back to last year's Rumble. Uh, yeah. Where Asuka beat won. Becky. It's like, holy shit, long term storytelling. They, well, yeah, they forgot about there for a minute or so, but, you know, they okay. got there eventually. So, but this has obviously uh, led to Becky feeling she has to prove herself, a little bit of a crisis of confidence, maybe. Knowing that Asuka beat her clean last year, she wants to avenge the yep. loss. More importantly, I think she feels she needs to win in order to prove herself as the champion going forward. I like the story. I think it's been played off pretty well. I think that they can have a great match. It just depends, obviously. I think they will deliver. I love Asuka, but uh, Becky's retaining here for the big Mania match because she's the man. Yeah. She is the man, and Oscar uh, is here to do the job, and I think it's going to be a pretty fantastic match. I think Becky is, yeah, Becky's going to have the title, and she's going to face off against the winner of the women's R- Rumble match. This is how it's going to be. That's right. So we're going to talk the women's Rumble next, Steve Cook. How are you seeing the women's Rumble? <laughs> we, I mean- where we have, uh, we have, uh, gosh, we have, we're up to five, five, uh, five announced competitors now. We're up to five. We had four. Now we got five because somebody has announced. We got Charlotte Flair announced, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Sarah Logan, and uh, yesterday on 22nd, announced on WWE's Instagram account, get ready for fresh, Larry. Natalia! Yay. Are you hyped? Are you hyped? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting, right? Jesus Christ. Main event E-Show superstar Natalia and Sarah Logan. Main event anywhere in the country. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so there's your five announced competitors in women's rebel match. There will probably be more announced over the next couple days because that's how I like to do this stuff now. It's a thing. It is what it is. But I would be surprised if it doesn't happen this way where... You know, I think I've seen the the betting odds kind of t- trend this way, where the final person that enters the Royal Rumble, who hasn't been around for a while, possibly since WrestleMania, and might be the rowdy one, r- rather Ronda Rousey winds up winning the match. Yeah, I think I, that's what happens. You know, I've tried to break this down. It's very hard without a field announced. There's um, no field. Obviously, yeah. there's a there's a lot of spots. You have a lot of NXT and NXT UK women. Um, Mickey James could come back from injury, possibly pop in. I wouldn't roll out like a Beth Phoenix cameo. You know what I would love, but I know it's not going to happen. You know who I'd love to see pop up in this? Who's that? Sarah Stock and Sarah Amato, brother. <laughs> Just to, Death Ray. Yeah. I would love to see those two get, even yeah. if they're in for like a minute. Just yeah. so we can say they fucking worked a rumble. <laughs> I would love to see that. And I think it'd be a great thing for the company to do, but they're probably not going to do it. No, they're not um, so by the way, speaking of cool things, did you see that Adam, Adam Pierce low key became the uh, unofficial GM of SmackDown last Friday? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> I mean, uh, you mean Adam idiot Pierce, according to yeah, Bailey. According to yeah. Bailey. That's so, his middle name. So I did. I'm not surprised I, by. I broke it down into three points and the three possible winners. 
Think number one, you obviously need to look at Charlotte because they love giving Charlotte accomplishments and they keep trying She's, to allegedly yeah. downgrade her this year. Always a, always a contender. I still like Charlotte, even though the rest of you don't. No, I don't She's mind fine. Charlotte. I'm just saying they, they, they're always looking to give her another accomplishment. Sure. I, I think that's yeah. a viable thing. I think Shayna Baszler is definitely a possibility to play off the feud that she and Becky started at Survivor Series. Yeah. Plus, I think that they could stand to move her away from NXT to give someone else a chance to move up. Because yep. as we talked about re- relentlessly, that division is stacked. Mm. And here's the thing. If the women's Rumble main event, Steve, it's going to be Ronda Rousey. Yep. <laughs> and that's exactly how I have it written in my paper. Because I think that <clears throat> if it's not the main event, I'm going with Shayna Baszler. But if the women's match is the main event, I think Rousey comes out of 30. Rousey wins. You set up the rematch of the singles match we should have had last year. Yeah. And that's the big moment to go off the air. It makes sense. And it's WrestleMania season, Steve. All hands are on deck. We know that. So we bring in all the uh, all the part-timers. All the other sports stars. Yep. All these guys. Yep. And girls. They all come in. So yeah, we're we're on the same same wavelength there, Steve. So yeah, I'm but, not particularly excited about it, but you know, I didn't say I was excited about it. I'm just trying to think like Vince. Like it's the yeah, it is what that's probably what's going to happen. So now we go to the men's Royal Rumble, Steve, and we got uh, a lot more people. Twenty five out of thirty here. That's yeah. not too bad. Well, the interesting thing here to consider is obviously Brock is entering the match at number one. Yeah. And the title isn't on the line. It's the whole thing that Brock doesn't think anybody is deemed worthy enough to step up to him. Well, let's be honest. I mean, watching Raw for the past few months, who would be? I, I didn't disagree with him. I'm just saying. <laughs> so the, the feeling I get is that this is obviously designed to have Brock run through a bunch of geeks until somebody comes out to eliminate him to set up his Mania match. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, you know, I think Kane Velasquez is obviously a possibility to do a rematch. Not Since that I want to see it. that last match went so well. Yeah. Um, my hope, I would love to see somebody like Drew McIntyre or Matt Riddle do it. Because it would be yeah. a fresh match. I think Drew is... Drew, they got to get off the fucking pot. You should have get off the pot and push my man Drew here. Yep. Because they've been fucking around for so long with him. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, Riddle is obviously a dude you can make. He's a star. It'll bro. be it'll a bro be, you can make. Let's be honest. He's a bro you can make. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what kind of surprises we get. I mean, I could see Booker T popping up to set up the revival match they've rumored. Oh, boy. Uh, Goldberg and Taker could possibly pop in. Because Wait a of, minute. Hold on, Booker. We're going to have Harlem Heat and Revival. Is that what we're doing? They've teased it. Oh, my God. I didn't <laughs> say it was good, but I'm just telling you what's happening. Um, I think that... Um, I think that possibly Goldberg or Taker appearing or not out of the question. All hands on deck at Mania. Sure. Yeah. Goldberg and Riddle also a potential program. There you go. And yeah. I think that we'll um we'll get an answer to if the 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 Edge rumors are true here at the Rumble because he's yeah. obviously denied it. Yeah. And which I mean, means he's coming. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times do people deny shit? I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, at the end of the day, I think, uh, the big dog wins. He eliminates Baron Corbin who beat him earlier in the evening and that'll set up a rematch with them. Probably at Saudi mania with, uh, Reigns' title shot on the line where Roman Reigns finally beats him and we could fucking end this feud. Hopefully he can overcome the odds. Is what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. They can face off with the fiend or whatever. 
Yep. You're 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 sure Brock's not not just gonna run one through thirty? I mean, no one Vince, I wouldn't fucking put it past him, but <laughs> And there's also the I mean, you also got Tyson Fury out here talking about how he's gonna wrestle Brock at WrestleMania. He is and a people he... and people deny that, but you know, that's always a possibility. I hope the fuck not. No, that'd be a bad idea, but no, can we put that past them? We cannot. No. I would like to. I mean, Matt Riddle would be a, fa- a, fi- a fine option. I would be also be behind Keith Lee. Woo woo, Keith Lee. Sure. But that's probably not going to happen. And yeah, you're right with Drew McIntyre, where they do need the shit against Pablo, that guy. They're leading, they do have his bay face now. That's kind of working pretty well. So I would. I think that'd be an interesting situation to see happen. May have Drew eliminate Brock early on in the match, and that could kind of build something up there. Yeah. And then later on, possibly, I think the big dog is the favorite, which he should be. Set him up versus the Fiend. I think that's why yep. they've been building the Fiend up as the uh, the unbeatable and everything, and un- un- unstoppable, and like the dude that no sells eighteen finishes, so that Roman yeah. can hit him with like nineteen Superman punches and a spear and beat him. That's right. I mean, whether it's good or not, I don't know, but that sounds like something they would do. Yeah, that feels like the plan to me, though. So, although I mean, also I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking straight here, be honest with you, I noticed that they announced our uh, truth today on the Instagram story. I think our truth should eliminate Brock Lesnar. What do you think? I'm sure. Would that be good? I'd laugh, but it'd probably not be a good idea. Yeah, probably. Uh. So. I, like, I, like I You know what, dude? I know it won't happen, but I would love to see Drew eliminate Brock. They yeah. they do the Mania match. I would love to see them flip the script on Brock like they did in the Kofi match. Bell rings Claymore fucking pin. Put that <laughs> no, motherfucker. I mean, over. Drew would lose. Let's uh, let's be honest. I mean, he would lose the match, but. But I mean, I'm telling you what I want. Okay. Yeah. Seriously, would you not mark the fuck out if the bell rang and he claimed that good. big motherfucker and pinned him in eight seconds? That would be good. That would be good. I wouldn't mind it. Would not mind it. I know. Uh, I know I, this sounds crazy for WWE, but that's called making a star. Yeah, no, I mean, how about Iris's chances? Chances with Mandy or chances in the Rumble? <laughs> okay, there's the question right there. Does he have a better chance of winning the Royal Rumble or a better chance with Mandy Rose? Better chance with Mandy. <laughs> well, I, I think I'd take Mandy Rose over Rumble, to be honest with you. I would, too. Yeah, there you go. So, good for him. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, man, that's the, the SmackDown ratings increase is the power of Mandy and Otis. It is Mandy and Otis. That is the best, that is the best romance storyline going on right now in WWE. No doubt about it. That's good stuff. All right, Steve Cook, out of 10, what's your anticipation for the Rumble? <sighs> I'm going to be generous and say five. Not going to lie, that, I'm around a five or a six as yeah, well. Yeah, being, uh, being a little bit generous because it is the Royal Rumble. It is The Royal Rumble is annually one of my favorite events of the year. And uh, if you go to offteam.com, that's a cheap plug. You might uh, you might check out the podcast I did with the Voodoo Penguin where we, we recapped the 2012 Royal Rumble. Then we went to it together. Uh, we went there with uh, Andy Critchell and a few other people. And we called into a podcast that Larry Zonka was doing. It was Larry Zonka and Greg DeMarco, which I'm sure is the only time that ever happened, right? Possibly. I think it's the only time these two guys were together on the air. And uh, we called in. We were very adamant that the Rumble was a good show. And, man, when we watched it back, 
Yeah. <laughs> it was better live. <laughs> it was better live when we were drinking the whole weekend, is all I can say about that. It, uh, that, not, that show did not age well. It, that happens a lot, dude. <laughs> the live experience, you know. That show did not age well. I mean, and they, with that particular rumble, they did a lot of stuff that was that was funny, you know. Like that was the one where you had Mick Foley with the sock, and you had Santino with the Cobra sock, and you had Ricardo Rodriguez, and you had the announcers come in. And a lot of stuff that was kind of funny at the time. Was that the Forty Man Rumble? No, no, oh, that was no one for it. It was only thirty, thank God. But yeah, it's stuff that was kind of funny at the time. But when you look back, it's like, eh, you know, like the guys at Voices of Wrestling were doing like a Rumble rewatch, and the, they they always have like amusing titles for the the Rumbles, and like obviously ninety two is it's it's not fair to Flair, right? And stuff like that, and then like. The year, whatever year the forty man rumble was, the title of the the, the podcast was never fucking again. <laughs> yep, yep. There were at least ten too many people, more than ten too many people. I'm sure. Yeah, at least that was the year when yeah yeah Antonio uh, Antonio Alberto Del Rio won, and Santino was there, and uh, um, yeah, it was a thing. What a piece of shit that dude turned out to be. Going from the website thing to this guy's supposed to be a big deal, right? Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Because we, we podcasted back in the day during that, and that was that was on the website, and we joked about that for so long on that show that night. I will maintain that Alberto was not a bad wrestler in the ring. No, he wasn't bad. But, uh, I mean, something just didn't connect. There was just kind of a disconnect between him and the audience. And then he got into some, some stuff later on where he became like a complete total douchebag. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, I'm Page is looking pretty good. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm around a five or a six. Uh, the World's Collide show on paper, this fucking blows this one out of the water. And I know we yeah. talk about how. Another one of those weekends where a Saturday night show steals the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's like I, I'm I'm also with you in the like I'm kind of excited low level because it is the rumble and I do like the rumble a lot, but yeah I'm just I'm not overly excited I, I'm very amped up for Worlds Collide, I'm low level excited for the NWA show because I really want to see what they do with the ROH and Marty stuff. Yeah. And um, but yeah, Rumble it's like. I don't know. It might be a low-level tie excitement-wise for the NWA show, but I might have to give the NWA show the edge because of ROH and Marty Scurll stuff. I'll tell you. I mean, it's interesting because uh, around the time the, the calendar turned to January 2020, uh, the, uh, the ROH Ring of Honor was looking like it was dead on arrival. Yeah. I was I was telling people, like, uh, I would not be surprised Ring of, Ring of Honor went out of business in 2020 because things were just not looking good for that company. But all of a sudden, they've got Marty Scroll as the uh, the booker now. Uh, they've got all these New Japan guys heading to a WrestleMania show. It looks like things are kind of starting to pick up in that direction again. It I does, would not dude. I'm, that. I'm, I'm honestly excited. They've put on some good shows so far this year. Dude, let me pull up this card for the free show they're doing in February. Okay. This is a good fucking card. It's uh, February 9th. I think it's going to be available. Enterprise. Yeah, I it's think it's going to be available on um, on the ROH site later that week. Um, 
I've already worked out a preview for this fucker already because I was actually so excited for it. Okay, they're going to do a Battle Royal, probably to open a show, which is going to be for a shot at the world title at a later date. Those are always whatever. They're fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Opening up, I got we got Mark Haskins and Alex Shelley. Oh, yes, Mr. Shelley. Mm. Alex Shelley's great. Mark Haskins has been killing yeah. it during his entire ROH run. Probably a great match here. Looking forward to it. Except when they make him work Bully Ray. Yeah, well, that let's... wasn't his fault. That was Bully Ray's fault. I know. It's a fucking Bully Ray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brody, Brody King and Ray Horus. Um, mm. Brody King works that SoCal Lucha stuff a lot. He's also yeah. a good base. Probably a really good match here that I'm looking to. And it also is fallout of Ray Horus and his buddies in Mexiblood winning the uh, trio's tag titles from Villain Enterprises. There you go. Got Slex from Australia making his debut against Flip Gordon. Slex is a dude that's been in wrestling for about 17 years. Got some notoriety a few years ago. He had an excellent match with Okada in Australia. And was a guy that I think a lot of people figured would end up in New Japan or ROH following that, but it took some time for whatever reason. It takes time sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but um, he's facing Flip Gordon. Uh, Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry versus Bateman and Vincent, which that'll be fine. That'll uh, be a thing. Jo- Jonathan Gresham and Jay Lethal versus Danny Moff and Jeff Cobb. Yeah, that buddy. sounds fun. That sounds fun. Right here is the show stealer, Steve Cook. The Briscoes versus Bandito and Flamita. Well, that's worth the price of admission, right there. That's I- I'd pay fucking money for that one. Seriously, I'm looking forward <laughs> that to that. That may have been anywhere in the country, actually. Yeah. Okay. And then the actual main event is Marty Skrull and PCO versus Nick Aldis and Roosh. So that is a fucking, that's a great fucking card for a free show. I think it was Cubs fan who said he wanted to sit in on the uh, pre-match strategy session with Nick Aldis and Roosh. <laughs> it was Cubs, dude, and I agreed with him. So, but, but in all honesty, that's a great fucking free show card. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So uh, Ring of Honor seems to be doing some things right. We'll see, I mean... We'll see how it goes. I mean, I have some, I have a little bit of optimism from going forward, which is more, uh, more I can say for the start of this year. Well, here's the thing. There are reasons to be optimistic. We finally got the book off of Lizard Man. Yeah. I have 10 years of mediocrity there with him. The thing I just want to caution everybody about is there's a lot to be optimistic about, but please don't start shitting on the company if they don't turn it around in three months. It's going to take most of this year for them to undo the damage that they did last year. It's going to take time to get people to want to buy tickets again. It's going to take time to earn trust back. So don't be like, oh, it's three months in. They're they're only doing 700 people at this show. Time to fire them. You need to give them time. Like Steve said, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I'm more optimistic as obviously I did a big podcast talking with Jerome uh, Kieson last year and I mean, the closing thing to our podcast portion was, yeah, I mean, is there going to be a final battle 2020? Because there things were looking so bad. Yeah. So I'm excited. But they, they, they've bought into Marty Scrawl and they've given the, they pumped some life into it. Yeah. And, they, and New Japan is happy apparently and they're buying back in again. So there you go. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for really good things. Cause and then I see a bully Ray was outside of position management. Did I see that too? Yep. Well, okay, that helps even more. Which is, that that makes a lot of sense considering he was on Busted Open Radio. I wouldn't have made Marty Skrull the booker. I'm sure he wouldn't. I'm sure he wouldn't have because that would have been a good idea. 
<laughs> yeah, and it booted him out of a position of power. So fuck. Yeah, off. good. Thank God. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up here, and uh, man, I think it's it's almost. Uh, gosh, it's almost Friday at this point, isn't it? Yeah, we're gonna be wrapping up real quick though. <laughs> Anybody wants to see an amusing picture, go to Joey Janela's Instagram. Joey Janela, Marco Stunt, John Moxley with an eye patch, and Ric Flair posing for a group photo. Oh, the nature's there. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as Steve said, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 84. This has been the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, the 411mania.com website, any major podcasting platform. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around. And uh, just I want to thank everybody for your support. I will be back Sunday night to talk about these shows, and I will have a special guest host with me Sunday night. So I will talk to you then.